On this episode of Geek Out Loud, it is the season finale of the show. What does that mean? Well, with any good season finale, there's going to be tons of cliffhangers, tons of unanswered questions, new plot lines, new threads, all this and more on your safe place to geek out. Again, everyone, and welcome to Geek Out Loud, your safe place to geek out on the internet. Or is it? Bum, bum, bum. What is this? Geek Out Loud season finale. Oh, no. Will we get picked up for another season? Will What, what will become of the mightiest, safest place to geek out in the entire universe? What will become of the greatest podcast listening audience of the universe? All this and more on a very special Blossom Geek Out Loud. Geek Out Loud Blossom. It's very special. We promise no bike shops in this episode. Ladies and gentlemen, let's bring him in right now to help us do all of this. All the way from up the East Coast. He is getting into con mode. And I don't mean wrath of con mode. I mean convention mode. He's my brother from another mother, ladies and gentlemen. Harris Schernevice. What's happening, man? Uh, so there I was in Orlando, Florida, talking with talking with Jason Swank of Rebel Force Radio about you, uh, because Jason doesn't listen to anything that he's not on, so he never really listens to the Geek Out Loud. And um, and I was ta- I was telling him kind of what we've been doing with Pass the Corn and how you've been getting Pass the Corn shouts at the at the Delray booths and that sort of thing. And I'm like, and what's amazing is I'm like, we just are so in sync on so many things. And Jason looked at me and said, he's like your brother from another mother. That's right. And I'm like, do, do you listen to the show? Just <laughs> the universe knows, my friend. That's right. That's right. And all I could say is, you know, help the universe the day that the two of us are in the same place. Mm. It's uh, been a few years. It has been. It has been. Are you... I'm just going to put it out there. I'm going to ask you. I'm going to put you on the spot. Are you going to Star Wars Celebration next year? In Orlando? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know it. You okay. can't keep us away from that. All right. All right. I, I'm, I'm really upset with Reed Pop, man. Um, the Easter weekend? Yeah. 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 It just, you know, but I've also thought about this. See, this is the season finale of Geek Out Loud. And I've got a decision to make because basically I'm I'm headed to a new job where I don't have the 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 employment constraints that an Easter weekend would normally put on me, there, there's none of that in place right now. So I could go ahead and say, yes, I'm going to be down there for Easter, and when I take a job, be like, look, I'm sorry, this is already well in place. Right. And see how well that goes over. Well, but don't you have constraints from the big man above? Well, I mean, look, here's the thing. Uh, several years ago in Orlando, we did the first ever celebration of worship. We had a Sunday morning worship service. I can't imagine that there won't be people there who are just looking for some way to celebrate Easter Sunday morning. What better right. way to do that than with uh, like-minded people of faith that are also Star Wars fans? I hear you, brother. 
So what, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to happen. You gotta or not. do it, man. That's do I don't know. It's cliffhanger number one, Eric. We've we're we're not five minutes into this thing, and boom, cliffhanger. Dude, you jump into the Geek Out Loud mobile. You make a little day trip of it. You're there in no time. You stop. You get some nice BBQ along the way. You know, do it. Do it. And is it the is it the marathon like the weekend after that? Yeah, that's the other problem. I may try and turn this into like just a week's vacation down in uh, Orlando. You know, maybe rent a house. I know the the kids are dying to go to uh, kids are dying to go to Disney World. So you know, yeah. maybe bring the nephews down with me. You know, do a little Star Wars celebration action, and then just chillax and in Orlando for a few days, do some theme parks, and then either participate in the marathon or cheer on all my friends who will be participating in it. So. I hear you. We'll see, and that's the thing. We, we've we talked about doing uh, a special Geek Out Loud meetup kind of thing and, and doing, uh, you know, doing over the next few months, just kind of encouraging everyone to to get fit, get in fitness shape, and, and get down there and join us for the 5K and what have you at Walt Disney World at Epcot. And um, so, you know, I, I don't know what this does to those plans. So it's it's just crazy. There's cliffhanger number two. Not 10 minutes into the show, Eris, and oh, we're just they're just They're just racking up. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it's the most intense episode ever. It's going to be a mega long episode. My goal right now is I'm just hoping that we can be done recording this by the time... Sunday night when Game of Thrones season finale airs. <laughs> we just we got to be done in time for that. Oh man! Whoa! Oh yeah! What is that? Is that a This is what we're doing, Eric. We're pushing it to the limit. Well, look, you're you're throwing the '80s at us, so you know. Whenever we're recording, I always have something on the big flat screen in the background. What are you rocking right now? Summer school. Nice, nice. A classic. <clears throat> Who is the lead in that? What's that dude's Mark name? Mark Harmon. Yes, Mark Harmon. Superman. He played Superman in one of those animated things. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. I forget which one. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't New Frontier, I don't think. Maybe it was. Anyhow, he's been Superman in, in one of the DC animated direct video deals. So Mark Harmon. Also, NCIS, is that him or is he Jag? Uh yeah, honestly, I don't know. Aren't they both the same thing? I think so. I think so, Irish, if I'm if I'm being honest. CBS procedural that's been <laughs> on for like eleven two years. That's right. And still rocks it in the yeah, ratings. So. That's right. All the power to them. Um, I've got I've got to do this real quick, Eric, and I hate to do it. It's almost shameless. We got to pay some bills. We right? got to pay. That's right. That's right. That's do right, it, brother. Um, and and I'm just going to be honest with you guys. Here's another cliffhanger. Number three, uh, Amazon. I need you guys to go to Amazon.com via the links at GeekOutPodcast.com and GeekOutOnline.com. If you're doing any shopping there, please help us out. There are two major ways we get fundage for this thing, and one of them is Amazon. And Amazon uh, really has helped out, but we are super low. This is one of the lowest months we've had in years with the Amazon referrals and stuff. So um, I'm just saying over the next seven days, 
if you do any shopping at Amazon, please, 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 please do it. I made a purchase through your Amazon link just like two weeks ago. Oh, you're well, you're the one this month. Uh, so, <laughs> so I am the uh, chosen yeah, one. You are the chosen one. So help us out, guys, if you can, uh, if you can do that. That would be fan freaking tastic, and uh, it's Amazon. They help us out tremendously by you guys using those links, Geek Out Podcast and GeekOutOnline.com. So, yeah, because honestly, the other way that money is earned is selling organs. So, yeah, and I'm running out. I'm so running. I'm, I'm down running to like out. A foot of my lower intestine. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I didn't think about selling it by the foot. I <laughs> stretch it out, man. <laughs> yeah, I got tons of that. Uh, so, <laughs> oh, wow, I got weird fast. Um, Tyler Durden's making soap off of my, uh, my blubber. Mm, so. Ty- oh, don't talk about it. Um, Erish, let me ask you this don't now. Let, let me, let me ask you this. You'll be in San Diego next month. I will. Nice. I will. And. You know, we we had our Delray crew was out at Phoenix Con, uh, Phoenix Comic Con a few weeks ago. Got a couple, uh, got a couple past the corn shout outs at the booth. Did they? They did. I love getting text messages and like nice. Sunday afternoon, like, dude, somebody just came up to our booth and yelled past the corn. That's... What the hell was going on? <laughs> How'd they know it was for you? <laughs> they know. Uh... <laughs> um, so what I'm gonna do? For San Diego Comic-Con, you guys can find me at the Delray booth in the Star Wars Pavilion. And trust me, you'll know what the Star Wars Pavilion is if you're going. Um, There's going to be a big book section. We're going to be there with our colleagues from DK and Disney Press, planning a lot of exciting stuff, a lot of book giveaways, author signings, things like that. But anyone who comes by the booth and gives me a pass the corn... I got a, I got boxes of free books. I've been hoarding free Star Wars books for like the last year oh, that I man. just I dig up in the office and sending them out there. So wow. past the corns at Star Wars at the Star Wars booth at San Diego Comic Con, you get a free book. Wow. Dude, that's amazing. I love it. That is amazing. I listen, I hope that you run out of books. So do I. That, I'm bringing a lot. That, dang. All right, guys. We're depending on you. What, go to the... Spread it's, the word. The, star, the Delray booth at the Star Wars Pavilion. Give them a pass the corn, and Erish will sling a free book at your head. Weird. <laughs> I, oh, uh, that would be awesome. Trust me, <laughs> like, there's people that you want to sling a free book at their head, but not the geek out loud sure. listeners. Well, what you do is like you're standing behind a huge crowd of people in line or whatever, just yell, pass the corn, and then Erish like, right. go along. And... Well, then you get bumped to the front of the line. You get oh. to take pictures so Whoa. that I can text them back to Steve. Hashtag this one's for Steve. Yep. So, man, that's that's going to be intense. And and I may need to get with you about some Hasbro uh, exclusives, sir. Well, I, now I don't have my assistant with me this oh, year. Oh, no. I'm not, I'm not bringing the nephew, so oh, I don't man. know that I can be sending runners out to track stuff down. All right, guys. Well, then I need... But we'll try. If, yeah, if, we'll, you're we'll going talk. To, if you're going to San Diego, get in touch with me at geekoutonline at gmail.com. They've got I a... I thought you hated Star Wars stuff. Well, you know what? It's getting that way. It's getting that way. Are you kidding me? I am. After what we've seen the last two days? Stormtroopers at the beach, man. Stormtroopers at the beach. <laughs> 
that. Love it. What in the? Here's the thing, and it's like I'm I'm right there with everyone. That picture, and and by the way, the pictures we're talking about are the ones that uh, it's EW that it released them, right? Yes. Uh, that that They've are. They've been just busting stuff out on EW.com the last two days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of them are stormtroopers apparently, you know, uh, approaching a beach in some very blue water, uh, up about knee deep. And that has captured, that's been the one that has captured everyone's imagination today. Cause it's awesome. It is awesome. Like, and I'm, look, I'm there with it. I'm sitting there. I'm like, I don't know that I've ever seen stormtroopers in the water. And then there's another one with the black armored, like death troopers. Yeah. They're like storming through the shallows. Yep. Oh, it's... Then in, in the, the teaser trailer, we had we now know his name is Krennic. We had him waiting, you know, walking through the water with his cape behind him. Right, it's right. Like, remember, like, back in the 90s, like, during spring break when MTV would just, like, take over Daytona Beach? That's what this is. It's like Star Wars-style MTV <laughs> spring break. <laughs> this Krennic guy, do you think he will, he'll be dead at the hands of Tarkin by the end of this movie? I think he will be. I don't. I don't know. I, he might be dead at the hands of Vader. Mm, oh yeah, that's true. Because that's it's, the other thing. It's we've been learned. confirmed. That's right. Vader's going to be in it. Now I've not read. All I've really done is looked at the, the the pictures. I've not really read anything. Is he going to be voiced by James Earl Jones? Yes. He has to be. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, they did confirm that James Earl Jones is doing his voice. I was being asked that today, and I said. Well, they got him for Rebels. Surely they'll be able to get him for yeah. a feature. Yeah. No, it's been confirmed. Yeah. It's also been confirmed that the man that a lot of people were referring to as a potential Biggs Darklighter is not. He's uh, Captain Cassian Andor, Diego Luna. Uh, oh. his, uh, his description at EW is, a rebel stalwart who's, who anchors the loose cannon gin... He's an intelligence officer, and he's got quite a bit of combat experience, says Kathleen Kennedy. He's, quiet, he's the quiet type, but that's a soldier's trait of not wanting to talk about the things he's seen. He has a weariness that he carries. It comes from, we're in it, I'm committed for the long fight, and it's not something that I came to yesterday. So Cassian Andor. A lot of new names to learn. Yep. Well, I haven't even, I'm not even halfway there with the new names. The, uh, the other uh, big news is that... Uh, Forrest Whitaker is playing a character that we've seen before if you have uh, watched The Clone Wars. And uh, the, referring to Saul Guerrera. Saul was in the Onderon arc uh, where Ahsoka and Obi-Wan and Anakin were on Onderon and there was a rebellion that was springing up there. He's a bit of an extremist. Um, and uh, so, you know, they, he's kind of described as they, as they were breaking the character down as someone that's so extreme, he the, the the other good guys are not sure if he is one. Um, so it's going to be really interesting, and it, and I'm I'm just stoked to see that in, in a in a world where people tend to be pushing back against anything to do with the prequel era. In um, a world, in a world, push back against the prequel era. Yeah, in, in a world where they're trying to do that, it it seems like. Um, it's just great to have someone, you know, plucked right out of that series. Right. So I'm, I'm excited about well, it. And from what they revealed this week on EW and also on the Star Wars show, mm -hmm. um, it, the, the choice of bringing him 
from the Clone Wars into this sounds really smart. Right. Now, why create a new character to serve this role when you already had somebody that you had set up mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to do this? So right. I, I love it. And, and, you know, a few years ago when the whole thing was announced that the, all the EU stuff was going to be Legends and it was just going to be this this one canon now, like, we're really starting to see the fruition of that. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, not only saw Guerrera jumping from the Clone Wars to Rogue One, but there's been mention of him in the Rebels cartoon. There's been mention of him in the new Bloodline novel, which is set, you know, like 25, 30 years after Rogue One. So this guy's influence is still in people's memory like decades Mm. later. Yeah, I've just started Bloodline. Uh, I'm digging what I'm seeing so far. It's, you know, it's in the early openings of the book, so... You're dealing with a lot of the political stuff that people kind of groan about, but it's I'm cool with it. You're, we're kind of finding where all the characters are at some 20 years after Return of the Jedi. Right. So um, it, it, it's a great read. Claudia Gray is. I've heard nothing. I've heard thought. nothing but good stuff about it. So I'm I'm excited to get a little further there, into. There's it. some moments in it that I know you're really going to dig. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward. I was one of the few uh, proponents of aftermath, um, which of course I listened to. And and I think that uh, I think that that's the way to go after that book. Really, is there to listen are to there are a lot of proponents of aftermath. It, it, as with anything, it's those who don't like something that usually have the louder voice. That's true. That's true. And and if you and if you're critical of anything at all, suddenly you're labeled a hater. Yeah. Yeah. Such as Star Wars. Um, with Eric. Well, yes. <laughs> so. um, but yeah, I mean, we're we're really starting to see the whole the whole story group coming to fruition. We're starting to see things from the different medium coming together, all really connecting and being part of this greater whole, this one Star Wars story. And I think that that's really exciting, and it's just going to open the door for more of this to happen. So there, well, there's a lot of exciting things coming down down well, the road, and I, you know, it's a good time to be a Star Wars fan because there's so much you can pick and choose from, you know. And and uh, I was talking to, I'll, I'll call him out on the podcast because I know he listens. One of the best podcasters out there today, Scott Rifen of My Star Wars Story. Um, he uh, he texted me last night and he's reading Aftermath and he's just kind of struggling because of the. A lot of people I think struggle because of the writing style. style. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and he's like, I don't know if I want to finish it. And I'm like, well, don't finish it, you know? I'm like, if you're not enjoying it, don't torture yourself. And so today he texts me. He's like, yeah, I'm going to finish it because it's canon. And I just want to say, but you don't have to know all this stuff to enjoy the films. You know, if, if you want to just hang out with the films, you can hang out with the films. If you want to hang out in the novels and the comics, you can hang out there, you know, and, and add to the films. But you don't have to do everything. And that's why it's just a fun time because... More than ever, you can pick and choose. And if you drop into something, you know that you're not dropping into something that may or may not really have anything to do. You know that you're dropping into something that is part of the Star Wars universe for sure. Um, Steve, you have to read all the Del Rey novels. I'm sorry. Yes, definitely. Well, I, <laughs> listen, don't buy them. Buy them. Buy them for yourself, but don't read them. I mean, if you start reading you don't like it, put it back on the shelf and just, you know. No, we want you to read them. Um 
I, I think that uh, I think Life Debt, which is the the second aftermath novel, and goes on sale in about three and a half weeks. Mm. Um, there's there's a lot more of there's a lot more Star Wars that that we know in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think, cause I think that honestly, Aftermath had a lot of, it was based a lot of new characters in it. Yeah. And, you know, people wanted Han, Luke and Leia. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that, you know, that might have led to, uh, some, you know, some of the, the adverse reaction to the book. And I think, you know, yes, those characters from the first book are back in life that, but you know, we we called the book Life Debt for a reason. Yeah, it's it's a provocative title when you just hear the title, Irish. Um, yeah, and, and so and, and you know, if you see the cover, it's the Millennium Falcon on the front of the book. So I think that there's going to be, uh, I think that I think people are going to enjoy this book. There's wow. a lot of great stuff in it. I'll be picking it up for sure. Um, I'll probably be listening to it. Uh, as that's how I consume most of my books these days. I like to have them read to me like a child. You might know somebody who can get you the audio. <clears throat> oh, well, you know, I'm not looking for handouts. I'm just saying. You're my brother from another mother. Audibletrial.com slash geekout, guys. There you go. So, <laughs> uh, Eris, we so missed you. great stuff, and, you know, we're already hard at work on a third one, Empire's End, and that is just going to be phenomenal. Nice. I'm really excited about what's that's going on. That's, that's the name of the third Aftermath book, is Empire's End? Yes. Wow. Another provocative title. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But. Especially considering the opening of Aftermath. But it, it, it is the perfect title for the book. Nice. Good. Good. Well, I'm looking forward to it all, because I did enjoy listening to Aftermath, and, um, and, and just... Uh, and, and, and so, and I was in, especially with the end of that book, the end of that story, uh, because you're left with a who is this person even more afraid of, you know, than this person. So looking forward to to digging back into that universe. And there were all the interstitials that happened between chapters, were there obviously setting up things for future stuff. So I'm looking forward to it. But we'll get out of that. We don't we don't want to take airs too close to skirting the work talk. We don't want to do too much shop talk. <laughs> Uh, we did miss you though down at the uh, down at the Orlando, and, and I missed you guys. How was the big uh, Rebel Force Radio meetup? It was fantastic. If you want to hear it, uh, if you want to hear the live show, and, and there's a lot of stories told on it, uh, you can go to rebelforceradio.com and check out uh, that episode. Uh, it's up on their SoundCloud. It's in the iTunes now. No, um, it looked like you guys had like a, a ballroom or yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, we had this in, so it was kind of like being at celebration. It, right, right. There was about eighty people there or more. Nice. Um, and uh, it was myself, of course, uh, a guest of Jason and Jimmy. David W. Collins was there, and I got to tell nice. you something. There's no one in the world of Star Wars fandom. Um, you know, of course, he formerly worked at Lucas Arts and those sorts and that sort of thing. No one in in the world of Star Wars fandom who is nicer than David. He's just, just a class actor. He really is. He really suit. He is. We great had guy. had such a great time meeting him and his wife Lauren. Lauren, a Rocky super fan, and so we spent time in line at Disney talking about Rocky. Uh, we spent time at the restaurant talking about Rocky. Uh, you know, I she I told her she reminded me. Speaking of past the corn coming up soon, Eris, in November. We're staring down the 40th anniversary of the release of Rocky. That's 
amazing. So uh, I told her, I'm like, well, you got to come on. You got to come on the show. And she's like, I'd love to come on the show. We should just do a big Mega Rocky episode. I, I think we're going to have to. I think we're going to have to. Because she is one of those rare people that, along with me, don't have a problem with five. You know, other than the obvious, you know, time warp stuff and everything. But, um, but from a story standpoint, we get it. And we're in agreement. We're in agreement. And, uh, and, and we like... Other than, look, Rocky Five suffers from the time warp that he flew through between Russia and America so that his son aged by about seven years. Uh, the bad act... His son got bullied by Eric from Entourage. That's, uh, you, that's the one thing that you've never been able to let go of whenever we mention Rocky Five. Because <laughs> that's the only good thing in the movie. Oh, whatever, dude. The bad acting of Tommy Gunn is amazing. Uh, I, I, I don't even think it was bad acting. Oh, there's that line. I'm telling you. He's just basically playing himself. There's that moment, though, when he's all mad after he wins the title. And the, the press conference, they're giving him a hard time about, you know, where's Rocky? You know, aren't you just a paper champion? And he comes down. And he's like, why are they calling me a paper champion? I don't know. And I'm tired of being called a robot, too. And it's just the, the line delivery and the line itself is just like, oh, my gosh. So it's such a child. Um and uh, and so poorly done to the point that it's great. But anyhow, so me and I suit. So David was great. Lauren was great. Of course, Jason. Jim, we had just the best time. And uh, the five hundred first was there for the live show. Uh, I was the only one who survived Hollywood Studios along with several people. And I want to give some shout outs real quick for our Hollywood Studios days. The aforementioned Scott Rifen uh, closed it down with us. He and his wife Jadine, uh, our good friend Thomas, who's from right over here on the coast of Georgia, was there. Um, Riley Blanton, uh, Allison, uh, I think you pronounce her last name Pug, uh, or Puf, um, I'm not sure, uh, but she was there. Tyler, the intern, was with us the whole time. Uh, of course, David and Lauren, they, 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 uh, they slugged it out with us. Chris, who I can't remember Chris's last name, but he was awesome. It was his birthday that day. Steve Bennett, who is a, who is going to be a, a part of Steve Con, if it ever happens, as I had a brush with a famous person, as he was, as he gave uh, Sean Aston a two and a half hour ride to the airport in Oregon several years ago. So, um, and he told that story to me, and I was just enthralled. He's like, all I knew him from was Goonies. He had Goonie no, Rudy Hobbit. He didn't know anything about Rudy. He hadn't seen Lord of the Rings. Who's the wild man now? All, <laughs> all he knew was Goonies. And so he's talking to Sean about everything but acting and stuff. They're, he's like, we're just having a normal conversation, you know? Wow. And uh, and I'm like, do you stay in touch with him? He's like, no, we exchange, you know, we exchange information. I'm like, dude, you could stay in touch with him. He's never going to forget you. You're the guy who gave him a two and a half hour ride from Astoria to, to Portland or wherever it was so he could catch a plane. And didn't bother nerding out over Lord of the Rings right. with him. Right, right. Exactly. That was probably the best part of the whole ride. He didn't yeah. have to talk about his hairy feet. That's right. That's right. Uh, Steve Bennett, though, was cool. Riley Blanton was there. Josh Licht, our good friend Josh, was there. Uh, he wasn't at the Hollywood Studios, though, that night. He was there at the live show the next day. But these were all people who stuck it out at the, at the Hollywood Studios. I must have rode Star Tours seven times, uh, six of which were right in a row because it rained and it cleared the park out. And so we were just hitting the loop, son. Just going right around and right nice. around. It was a good time. It was a good time. So uh, a lot of talk from you, though, about the hat situation. I love the hat. Yeah. It's a good hat, man. It's a great hat. It's, it's legit. It's a Stetson. 
and um, and and it's become part of my active wardrobe. You were rocking a, a wonderful style there that weekend from the pictures I saw. I was having a good time, man. I was in my element. I was vacation, Steve. I'm not going to lie to you. I was just on fire. Everyone should get to know vacation, Steve. That's good. So well, I'm, I'm really bummed that I missed that. I, well, you, you were missed. I swore last year that it would never happen again, and it happened again. So. Teresa was there with her family, Mama Lo, her husband Greg. Uh, her nephew Nathan was there. He's a cool kid. And we just had a blast. Had a great time hanging with everyone. I did go one day just kind of by myself, and I hit up uh, a movie to get out of the sun, watch some X-Men Apocalypse, Eric. You did. You texted me about that. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and the weird thing is, like, this is the, the brother from another mother connection. Right. The last time that I was down there for the big RFR meetup, <laughs> like, when the weekend was done, like, I went to the, what is it? The, the Days Disney of Future Boardwalk Past? or whatever. Yeah, they call yeah, it. it's Disney Springs now. And I saw an X Men movie. <laughs> nice. You saw Days of Future Past down there. I saw Days of Future Past. I yeah. went. I went that year with Riley and Bethany Blanton, and we met up with our good with a friend and, and Goldiverse listener Christopher Titchenell at a whole other place and saw saw that down there that weekend as well. Um, so <clears throat> I. Uh, uh, but I went and saw it, and dude, I got to tell you, we've both been very honest. I think about the trailers not really grabbing us, right, and not really doing anything to get us excited. And so I, I went in, I think, with lower expectations. Um, but I got to tell you something, dude. I uh, I came out kind of enjoying the movie. Good. Um, there there were some cool moments in it. Uh, you know, it, it's it's set in the eighties, which is of course fun for me. Um, but I. Uh, I wrote something down here because it's the one thing that really stuck out to me. In a day and age where we're all about trying to have uh, the sympathetic villains and, and trying to get people on the side of the villains, you know, make them feel for them, I feel like sometimes writers and movies and comics and even novels and TV will go too far and make the person who's supposed to be the villain almost too likable and in an attempt to try to make a sympathetic. Well, in this movie, man... Number one, the, the big baddie is, of course, Apocalypse himself. Uh, but Magneto um, has a fascinating story arc, a really good story arc. And you do start to really sympathize and feel for him. But there's a moment where he is blatantly given a choice to choose the right thing, and he still chooses the wrong thing. And to me, I was like, this is what makes him now a compelling villain is that he knows he's doing the wrong thing because he sees the wrong thing as being the only way. Right. And though I sympathize with him and, and can understand where he's coming from, I still recognize that he has chosen the wrong path. And, and I was like, they did that right. And for that, if, if for that alone, I give this movie a pass. But at the same time, I thought Days of Future Past was boring most of the time. Mm -hmm. And with this, they, they ramped up the action. Uh, all the destruction that seems to be overdone in movies, what you see in the trailer is about what you get in the movie. Um, okay. so, so it's not too, too much. Uh, everything makes sense. Um, and it had a, to me, it had a really good flow. A really, I'm not someone who sits there and digs around and looks for plot holes and stuff. Um, I don't like the new Nightcrawler as much as I like Alan Cummings' Nightcrawler, but it was still good. 
Um, it's just it's worth a view. It's worth a watch, man. That's all. I mean, that's that's what I can say. Is I, I really definitely want to see it. Yeah. You know, I just. I didn't get around to it in the theater, so... I mean, it still suffers from that X-Men thing of, of pretension that I think the X-Men franchise carries with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really, even even within the comics after a while, I just felt like the X-Men were the pretentious uh, super team of Marvel Comics. Right. <laughs> that that if, if you read X-Men, it's like, oh, I'm, you know, they, they really thought... I, and these movies kind of captured... All the movies, I felt like, kind of captured that spirit. So, um so I, I, I really, I, I was really enjoy. I really enjoyed this. The new cast for the, like our, our main X-Men that we love with Cyclops and, and Gene and, um, well, all of them are just great. I, I thought it was a really well done cast. So now bald headed Rod, who is the father of the, uh, the Goldiverse book club, he's an X-Men fiend. He loves the X-Men. And so anytime I'm slightly critical of them, he gets upset. So I just want to go ahead and apologize to him right now. (laughs) (laughs) But you liked it. You got nothing. Yeah, I did like it. I did like it. Yeah, I really did. Um, And uh, and I I recommend it. I recommend going to see it. I think it'll be good stuff. Uh, I, I think it was pretty good stuff. So. So that was that. I mean, it was a great weekend. The only way it would have been better if you'd have been around, bro. Thanks, man. If you'd have been around, uh, big shout out to Neil. Met Neil late one night outside the hotel. He is a, he's an older retired gentleman from Sydney, Australia. Uh, he and his wife are tour- touring around the country, doing some fun things. I believe right now they're uh, on a cruise or just getting off a cruise uh, out of Galveston and uh, headed out to uh, San Diego where they'll be, uh, be flying out soon, headed back down to Australia. Originally from Wales, moved to, moved to Sydney in the 80s and uh, never looked back, and we had a blast. He talked about, he, we were just sitting there talking about culture of these places and, and how things have changed over the years, and, and, uh, and he brought up that he used to love watching Star Trek as a kid, you know, when they finally got it over in Britain. Right. And he's like, because, you know, cause, and he just mentions in passing, he's like, because I watched the first Doctor Who. He said, I remember when that first aired. He's like, you just, he said, it was, it, it just, it was amazing. And I'm like, you're talking about the first, he's like, yeah, the first Doctor, you know, the black and white. And I'm like, he's talking the language, you know, first Doctor, second Doctor, all this stuff. Right. And, uh, and he's like, I grew out of it, but it was great stuff. He was just such a super cool guy. So, so big shout out to Neil, who was a good dude, who was a good dude. Well, Eric, you ready to pass some corn, bro? Ready to pass some corn. Let's pass the corn. Pass the corn. Now, guys, i got to be honest with you. I'm going to pull back the curtain here a little bit. Erish always does a great job of getting together notes for the movies that are coming up and the months that we're talking about and uh, making sure that I have uh, trailers to watch and, and their descriptions there and everything. But old Erish got snarky in the month of June. Now, in, the, in, in your first pass in those notes, Erish was super snarky. Because <laughs> uh, it, was, it was just one turd after the next. Well... 
There was a lot of... There, June has brought us a lot of garbage. Well, I've not seen it yet, but I want to see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles out of the shadows. So do I, but it's like... Yeah, I don't know. Well, they've... Dude, Krang, Bebop and Rocksteady. I'm there. And they're going to be in the movie for like 30 seconds. Who? Bebop and Rocksteady? Yeah. No! There's a whole fight on the river with them. I saw in the trailer. That's the scene they're, they're, that they're in the movie. I bet they'll be in it more than that. I bet they'll be in it more than that. Come on. I finally watched the first one, like, the other week, and I really enjoyed it. I didn't. I don't it, know what... It has its moments. I don't yes. know what people had a problem with with it. I guess... I Now, I'm not married to the Turtles either. They're not like... It's not like if someone did a... Uh, you know, it, it's not the issues I've had with like the Batman v Superman stuff, where it's like I'm so immersed in this, in this world, in this universe that I know what they should be doing. But I, I dug it. I thought it was good. Well, you just brought up Batman versus Superman. So oh yeah, let, let's back up. Yeah, let's back up because we, you know we got lost in all of the the big Rogue One news that's been hitting us the last couple of days. But the the week started with this revelation that. Recently, there was this big kind of blogger slash arranged press junket on the set of Justice League where they secretly invited, uh, you know, a bunch of bloggers and journalists. Uh, our friend Amy Ratcliffe was one of them. Yeah, I saw, uh, I saw where she over was there. For um, and basically, they invited them onto the set. Uh, they got to, to watch them film uh, some scenes. Uh, specifically a scene with uh, J.K. Simmons as uh, Commissioner Gordon. Who I saw a picture of him working out. He's dude. all like crazy freaking Jack. What, awesome. what is the deal with J.K. Simmons being all jacked know, up, man? And that beard he has in that picture that I saw. Uh, it's, it's a picture of him in the gym, like just pumping iron. And he, he's 60 years old and he's got like freaking guns. So cool. Um, but anyway, you know, it's a scene of him on the roof firing up the uh, the bat signal and Batman and Flash and Cyborg and Wonder Woman are all part of the scene. So they got to watch that. They got to they got to talk with the actors and stuff. And basically from the, the few things I've read reports on Ain't It Cool News, I've read reports on Nerdist about it, a few other sites. The message that would that the filmmakers were trying to get across was we have heard you after Batman versus Superman and that Justice League is going to have a funner, lighter tone to it. And it just, it seemed like that was sort of the point of this whole thing Hmm. was to get this message out there. And I just, I'm all for it. I want to love this movie. And and everybody that's listening to us knows that I was very critical of BVS. I'm so hopeful that we get a fantastic Justice League movie and that we all love it. Um, But I just found it very interesting. uh, Movies like this don't see stuff like this happen. You know, it happens when the movie's done. You know, they do the, the big press junket where... You know, the press gets to come in and see it, and they do the interviews and stuff to promote the movie, but not in the middle of filming. But now there are people who will tell you 
that Batman v Superman made a lot of money and that it wasn't a flop and there's nothing for them oh, to learn. Oh, it made a bajillion dollars. It, you know, it made like $865 million worldwide. But that said, there was a lot of critical reaction to it. Mm-hmm. You know, people were, uh, some people were upset with the dark tones in it. Some people were, you know, following on the heels of the Superman movie where Metropolis is destroyed. It's basically, you know, they destroy the whole area. Even though it was an unpopulated area, they still wrecked like half the city again. Right. At the end of the movie. Um, So I think that, you know, whereas people come out of the Marvel movies and they're just talking about how much fun, oh, that scene with this character and that character, that was so much fun. You didn't really have people coming out of BVS right. having those kind of conversations. And I think that, you know, they don't want to be the Marvel movies, but they want people coming out talking about how much fun they had at the movie, not how dark and dreary it was. Yeah, I, so, so, so Warner Brothers is going to marvel up their DC franchises now? I don't think they're, that that's what they're doing, but they're trying to... They're trying to say that this, you know, that BVS needed to be, have this darker tone so that it could set up Batman putting together the Justice League and thus giving us a movie that had a lighter tone. To it. Right. And and this whole situation, Ayers, was different than, uh, like, when you read bloggers going on just set visits sometimes in some of these movies. This was, this was a lot different as it was much more of almost a... It was as much a press junket as it was a set visit. Yes, and it was a secret press junket. Like, they weren't allowed to say that they were doing this until this week when they all were allowed to release their reports from on set. Mm. You know, um, I I follow Amy Ratcliffe on, uh, you know, on her social media and stuff. And, you know, I remember a few weeks ago or whenever it was her talking about being in London and, you know, not saying why she was there, and this was why she was there. Yeah, well, I look, I, it, to me, it bodes well. Um, I hope so. Yeah, I think that that you've got to be able to come out of these movies like this with with a sense of awe and enjoyment and not depression, not, not you know, the... the, the Man of Steel and, and Batman v Superman was a little too heavy. They were just too heavy, and and they weren't balanced enough out to me. You know, this is my opinion. Uh, they weren't balanced out enough with with the lightness and you know to to kind of ease the gravity of of what they were doing in these films. So um, I uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Ben Affleck talked a little bit about his Batman movie too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And kind of the one thing he stressed is that he wants it to be Batman as the detective first. You know, to him, Mm -hmm. that's Batman. He's the greatest detective in the world, and he wants it to be... He he used the the term, like, a noirish detective movie. Yes. Um, And that he is determined not to shoot anything. He's not beholden to any release date or anything until the script is exactly what he wants it to be. Right. Which I like. Yeah. And you know what? He's got the clout to do that. Yeah, and I think think the one thing that's come out of this whole thing has been that people are looking forward to Ben Ben Affleck's Batman. 
Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he was great in Batman v Superman. Again, I like the casting overall of both of the the, the movies we've gotten so far from yeah. them. I they, just they they talk to a little bit that in the Justice League movie because you know spoiler alert here on BBS, but the Justice League movie is it's about Batman having to assemble this team and. They, they talked at this junket that Batman is a guy who works best alone. Now he's being forced into this position where, one, he has to build the team, and then, two, he has to work with them. Right. And that, that all those different characters and that situation that he's now put himself in adds to, you know, it, it adds some fun and sparks and tone and stuff to the movie that BVS didn't have. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I'm excited to hear that. Uh, I think that that could be a really unique novel approach to it also. Well, Slash Film actually, I mean, they, they posted dialogue from a scene, mm-hmm. um, you know, with, with Batman and the Flash that is, you know, as much as I'd love to see Grant Gustin um, in in here as, as the Flash, you know, and love what he's doing on the TV show, and, and I'm loving the Flash TV show, uh, the, the, the feel of, of that little bit of dialogue they put out there really makes me feel better um about about things so it's an interesting it's an interesting tactic on their part you know they're they're obviously trying to build goodwill you know this far out Uh, yeah we're still i mean this comes out what next november 2017 so it's still a year and a half out right yeah yeah i just i and, and I, I just found it very interesting that, that they did this. Mm-hmm. Um, All right, so I, I just got, get I, into it? All yes. Right. Well, I just got linked to an article that I don't have time to read while we're recording. Um, we'll wait. Well, it. <laughs> well, it's from Business Insider, and the title is, An Old Zack Snyder Interview Perfectly Captures Why the New Batman Movie is Such a Disaster. And I don't know. This is from May of this year. Um and and they've got an interview with Snyder from 2008 uh, when he was doing Watchmen. And uh, he said he had very different ideas about the Cape Crusader than director Christopher Nolan did, who directed Batman Begins. Uh, he says, everyone says that, that about Batman Begins, Batman's dark. I'm like, okay, no, Batman's cool. He gets to go to a bet, Tibetan monastery, a monastery to be trained by ninjas. Okay, I want to do that. But he doesn't, you know, get... Oh, wow, that's pretty intense. Uh that could happen in my movie, or it says he doesn't like get taken advantage of, basically, in prison. That could happen in my movie. If you want to talk about dark, that's how that would go. Wow. All right. So that's from 2008. I think the problem with Zack Snyder is he thinks everything in his movies is cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, someone in a, in a discussion with someone else one time, they, they kind of point out, they're like, I don't know that you like Zack Snyder films. I'm like, okay, that's fair. I'll take that. So, uh, but I in, like this early stuff. I loved Three Hundred, and I loved yeah. his zombie movie. I thought his zombie movie was awesome. What was his zombie movie? He did the uh, the remake of uh, Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead. That was Zack Snyder. Yeah, that's a great movie. Yep, that's a great movie. Bing Rhames on the roof. Yep, and then he started to get full of himself, and you know. Well, that's that is a. That, my friend, is a is quite the finger pointing going on over there, sir. So, uh, <laughs> right, maybe I was a little bit too far. 
There is a rumor, though, mm -hmm. going around, because he's supposedly working on some secret project with Jeff Johns. Oh, wow. And the rumor is, is that it's the, a Watchmen TV series for HBO. Hmm. That's been, saw, but that's been that, going on. Yeah. But that's kind of been a rumor. The, the, the idea of a Watchmen TV show has been a rumor for years. Right, but it's got more clout now because of what's happening in the comic books. What's happening in the comic books? Watchmen is part of the DCU now. You are kidding me. Really? Yeah. Eh, I don't know. I like that. <sighs> I haven't read it yet. My brother-in-law told me about it that, you know, it's like Dr. Manhattan, like, reunites the universes or something like that. Hmm. So, but anyway, the Watchmen now is, I believe, officially part of the DCU. Hmm. I don't know that I like. See, I'm not a big fan. I here's the thing. I appreciate the the story. I appreciate the the writing of it and the construction of that whole story. Um, but I did not like uh, Alan Moore's take on his deconstruction of the superhero. Yeah. It, it just it like there are moments where I'm like, all right, here we go. We're turning the corner to what I like. What I like about superheroes is that they're good guys, you know, and everything works out in the end. And in his, it's like, yeah, we're just going to have to take this terrible plan to unite, you know, and I'm just, no, come on. Well, and also, you already had those superhero archetypes in the DC universe, so why do you need to bring them in, too? Money, man, money, you know. I'm sure I like Alan... I'm I haven't read it. It could be brilliant. Yeah, I'm sure Alan Moore's not happy with it, so... Is Alan more happy with anything? That I don't know. I, I, you know, I don't know him personally, so... I don't know him either, but you just... You, you, you see an interview with him every here or there, and he just never seems to be happy with... They did this with that or that with this. Yeah. Well, we've got... Uh, we, let's, let's now dive into... Yeah, let's get in these things. We, we, we mentioned Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Me Before You came out this month uh, of June. It was a romance, so I definitely wasn't there. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, it did well. Yeah. And a little, little, count, little counter programming. Yeah. I, I like to see counter programming every once in a while. Sure, sure. Uh, Andy Samberg, uh, well, Lonely Islands, uh, pop star, never stopped stopping. Is it never started. Never stopped, started. No, no, it hadn't done that this well. It was huh? a massive, massive failure. Yeah. That's unfortunate because Andy Samberg is funny to me. I really like Brooklyn Nine Nine. Um, I like what they did with their SNL shorts. Uh, Hot Rod is one of my favorite movies ever. It's just He's the popper of the surf, the jester of Tortuga. Uh. <laughs> this is a story of Captain Jack Sparrow. Uh. <laughs> oh, if it was family friendly, I'd play it right now, Irish. There is a family friendly version. Is there a clean version of that? There is. Didn't I send you the clean version? I, I, I don't know. I'm scared. Now I'm scared to check and make sure. Um, I'll click on the link and see. Well, anyway, I, I, the only reason I put Popstar on here was for the Captain Jack Sparrow reference. Yeah. Guys, Michael Bolton is here. It says edited oh, version. Send him in. Hey, guys. Hey. Thanks for coming. I'm really sorry I'm late. I just got caught up watching the Pirates of the Caribbean marathon. Have you seen those things? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, are, those are great. Well, I listened to your track, and I loved it. And I wrote you this big, sexy hook I think you're going to really dig. Oh, wow. That's awesome. great. You want to just lay it down? Boys, let's get to it. To it. To it. I love this I song. I love this so much. Oh, Lonely Island. Michael Bolton. Yeah! 
fellas looking jealous, play the back and get wet. Me pound in my waist, shanking my socks. You either get cut, get stuffed, or get shot. This is the I love it. I love that Michael Bolt. <laughs> what I love is that he's so. The story is that he's just so into the Pirates of the Caribbean that he can't not. He can't help but just that's what's on his he mind. Just keeps singing about it, and then they get they get mad at him, and he's like, "All right, let's try another film." And he sings about Forrest Gump. Yeah, he sings about uh, Aaron Brockovich. He sings about Scarface, and like in the video for each of these, he's dressed up as those characters. Yes. And like they even got Robin Wright to come and do Jenny with his Forrest Gump. <laughs> uh, it just, it's, uh, it's awesome. And I he, love it. And he's one of the greatest voices of our generation, is Michael uh, Bolton. I actually saw him in concert at Disney World. Really? Because I, I lived in Miami for high school, and your senior year at the end of the year they would do grad night where Mm -hmm. we would bus up to disney world and they would keep disney world open just for all the high school graduates i I went to grad night yeah and the the year that i was there uh run dmc performed and michael bolton Uh, what year did you graduate 1988 oh man forget you by the time i was there it was like i don't know some some boy band that wasn't boys to men and uh dead eyed dick whose only hit was off of uh and it was barely hit was off of dumb and dumber merry moon oh yeah 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 so um uh yeah you had to wear a suit like you had to get all dressed up yeah i remember that Yeah. yeah I didn't understand why it was that way but yeah no but so crowded that night it was i was miserable we had more fun that day. This was back when Church Street Station was still a thing down in Orlando. And we had more fun hanging out at Church Street Station that day than, than Disney World that yeah, night. Yeah, we just so. did uh, Disney at night. Yeah. Uh, someone in the chat actually asked, what, did he, what does he sing when he's really singing? Well, so glad you asked. This was back when he had the really long stringy hair. Yes, yes. Oh, it was it was a beautiful mane. Here, yep. this one's a little more upbeat. If we can, if I can get to it, here we go. Classic early '90s electronica pop long intros. The DJs needed something to pop up. Hands inside my soul, holding on and you won't let go. Yeah. I try to run it, but there's no escape. 
sing it if you know it. Steel balls wrapped all around me. I've been your prisoner since the day you found me. Michael Bolton, ladies and gentlemen, one of the greatest voices of our time. <laughs> So I hate that Popstar didn't work out. I'll, I'll watch it when it's on the Netflix or whatever. So have like, because the, the trailer had some funny stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I think those guys are really funny. Um, I've heard a lot about Conjuring 2. I was talking to someone. They said they were um, really... Oh, by, okay, I'm sorry. My friend Daniel and Andy has hit me up privately, and he says, feel free to point out how Marvel is a lot like Michael Bolton and DC is like John Tesh. Oh. <laughs> That's harsh. That's from Daniel and Indy. <laughs> I don't think that that's a fair comparison. I don't either. I don't either. I don't either. Um, anyhow, I've heard from people that this is a scary, scary movie. Therefore, I will not be going to see it. Con- the Conjuring Two. Yeah, I didn't even include the trailer because I don't watch. I don't watch the trailers for this, this mm-mm, stuff. Mm-mm. No. no, thank you. But it did well. You know, it doesn't. This. These movies cost nothing to make, mm-hmm. and they make decent bank. So well, there will be a Conjuring 3. Oh, sure there will be. And here's what and I love. it's kind of based on, like, a real story, too. Yeah, I don't need to talk about it. It's dark. Yeah. I just I just have one question. I love it. Go for it. Just, just leave the house. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I don't understand. Just freaking leave the house. Well, Eric, what happens is sometimes these entities end up attaching to the family that's there. And they just go with them. Now you're freaking me out. Yeah, well, thank you. Uh, <laughs> you know what scares me? Now you see me too. Oh, oh, look, I, I might go off on a rant here. <laughs> I hated, I absolutely hated the first one. I never saw it, but you know what? I was talking to someone who loved it. Someone oh. had mentioned to oh. me they really liked it. NYSM, because, and, and by the way, they are trying to turn this into an abbreviation because they marketed this one as NYSM, too. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it's garbage. It, it, it's garbage simply because you're supposed to believe that these characters are these phenomenal ma- magicians, but everything is done with CGI. There's no magic to it. It's just it, it's just lazy garbage storytelling, um, and that they made a second one, and you know the magic, the true magic act of the second one is mm. that they brought back all the male actors, mm. but the female actor they switched with another one and pretended that you didn't notice. I didn't realize Amy Adams was in the first one. She was in the first one, and they switched her with, uh, with uh, Lizzie Kaplan. I love Lizzie Kaplan. Listen, both of those. I'll, uh, the, the, it makes me want to watch those movies. Um, but, yeah, it's like, oh, we can just switch the actress nobody's going to mm-hmm. notice. Wow. So Lizzie Kaplan is playing oh, Amy I don't Adams know that character. she's playing that same character, okay. but I'm just saying it's like, yeah, you know, yeah. we'll bring back all the guys. We're even going to let Woody Harrelson play two characters in this one. I, you know what? It's interesting. I like how you, you point out that they're doing a lot of their magic with the CGI and the special effects and everything, rather than let's go through the effort of learning sleight of hand, let's learn misdirection, let's, let's really do some real magic. Or let's at least make it look like, right. you know, that it's real magic. Yeah. CGI magic is great if you're watching Harry Potter or mm-hmm. something like that. But right. when the movie is about magicians in our world using their craft to be con artists, right. 
And this well, isn't and this isn't like supernatural magic. The whole idea is these guys are doing sleight of hand magic trick type thing. Yes. Yeah. You know, making audiences disappear or whatever. In the trailer for NYSM two, there's like, you know, a tracking shot where like one of them flips a playing card around the room and the camera kind of follows it around. Right. It's like, come on. Yeah. It's like I'm not going to buy into this character doing this because I know that it's CGI. Yeah. Now they, they a lot of this takes place in Vegas. It seems like. Uh, well, they're you know they're this big traveling show. Okay. In the first movie, they traveled around the world, putting on these big acts, and mm-hmm. like a- every big performance that they did got more and more attention because like something happened. You know, they would steal this or they would steal that. Right. Um, well, I think the concept is 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 fascinating that you know as like magicians who you know have the have the sleight of hand skills, maybe the escape artistry skills, all this stuff are using the this craft to to pull off heists. I love that concept right what would ramp it up for me is you then pull in all the good guy mu- magicians uh to fight them i e a pen and teller. Or David Copperfield, mm. you know. <laughs> that would be cool. You know, and it just becomes this weird battle of they're helping solve the mystery of how these people are doing it. And, you and, know, and make it look like you're at least attempting to really do it. Right, right. Well, I mean, uh, you have your Hollywood. You have access to the Magic Castle and all these people that can train these folks to do stuff. You know, that may, sure, enhance a little bit with some CGI or some special effects yeah. here and there, but do the work. I agree with you there. Oh, and, and wait a minute. Let, let, let's not forget that they actually cast Harry Potter to play a magician in this movie, too. Is Daniel Radcliffe in this thing? Yes. I didn't realize that. That's a fun wink and a nod. Yeah, but, and that, but that's just the whole thing. Plus, he don't, you just, don't you just want to punch Jesse Eisenberg in the throat every time you see him now? Uh, because of the Lex Luthor thing? Just because of everything he does now. <laughs> I like Zombieland. Yeah, Zombieland was good and Social Network uh, Yeah, he was, was good in good Social because, Network. Because you're supposed to hate him in Social yeah, Network. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't. I, listen, I don't. Uh, I just, I'm, I'm of the mindset that I don't. I wish they could make him disappear. I don't. Well, they do at one point. It looks like in the trailer. I don't begrudge anyone for doing anything. Like with Daniel Radcliffe, he made the choice to be in that movie. You know, he got his payday. I know, but Good for him. The whole thing just screams of just marketing gimmick. Of marketing. course it is. Of course it is. Just like Warcraft. Yeah. Well, Warcraft at least cleaned up. Over in China. Yeah. Well, you know, it's the biggest. It's, it's the biggest one of video the game of all time. They've ever had over there. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, it's the biggest video game hit. Video game of all time. Yes. Is the World of Warcraft. We yeah. used, did you ever play the old strategy game World Warcraft? Uh, no, I tried playing the MMORPG. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and look, in all. Full disclosure here, we have a license with Blizzard. We yeah. are publishing Warcraft novels, publishing novels for StarCraft, for their other properties. Um, there was a movie novelization done that was not part of our deal. Another publisher did that. But written by the fantastic Christy Golden, who's written a bunch of Star Wars books for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we were set up with accounts and stuff to go in and play it. I just... These 
online role-playing games aren't my cup of tea. Yeah. They, I, I just get frustrated with I've them. just I never... I just want to blow stuff up. Sure. I've never... I, I always like the RPGs. I've never done the MMO stuff because of the... Uh, yeah, the time consumingness of it and the money consumingness of it. So I just, I've never, but I have friends who've gotten into it. I've always said that they did the Star Wars MMO a while back, the Star yeah. Wars Galaxies. And, and I had a friend who told me that he was playing and he ran into someone who was just living in a hut on Tatooine and they invited him into the hut and showed him around the hut. And they had all of these just high level finds, uh, you know, weapons and, and artifacts and stuff. He's like, I couldn't believe it. And they were just kind of living out there as a moisture farmer. I said, my dream is to get in on a server that I know you're on one day and just by myself train to become this great Jedi and then just one day meet you out in the, and just so, and you have no idea who I am. And so I'm like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, have, I have gone over and watched friends play these things. And like, I, I, I was at a friend's place once and for an hour he just sat like on the screen, like his character did nothing but forge swords. <laughs> And I'm just like, finally, I just couldn't take it anymore. I'm like, when are you going to do something? He's like, I'm trying to get the achievement, man. Uh, like if he forged like 10,000 swords, he got like a blacksmith achievement or something like that. And I'm just like, I just, I don't get this. Did you, you ever? And then you, you like walk up to other characters and talk to them. And it's just like, when are you going to fight this guy? And it's like, no, you don't fight in this. You like talk to him. You get knowledge. You go on your quest. I'm like, well, just punch him in the face. Just take him out. Just take him out, man. That's what you got to do in these things. You don't, go out. And, if you want to level up, go kill some warthogs and then come back and fight the big battle. But now the Listen, I, I know you saw the South Park episode about Warcraft. Oh, yeah. Yeah, where they're just like, you know, getting all fat and sloppily yeah. in the basement. I love that. <laughs> all to fight that one dude. Yeah. It's, been, it's been clear. And this is the song they play in their montage of killing like killing like wild boars out in the out in the woods over and over again. It's a good lesson. Good. Now, the interesting thing about the Warcraft movie is that, from what I've, I understand from reading like some of the reviews and the reactions to it and stuff, is that this is the movie that kind of really they needed this movie to set up the, the story that they really want to tell. Mm. So this is, it, it looks like it's supposed to be like the first part and possibly a trilogy. Nice. nice. Well, that's cool. Um, Look, I'm but, down for it because it didn't really do anything here in the states like you know that's kind of up in question oh well, that's that's unfortunate uh, look i haven't seen it i'm all for genre stuff doing well i'm though. totally gonna see this thing when it hits you know on demand or sure. netflix or yeah. whatever crank it up on the big flat screen you know watch some orcs Dude, I used to, I'm telling you, I love the strategy games back in the day where that originally, where Warcraft originated from, where you're building up your, your towns and then you're going and invading the orcs, or if you're orcs, you're invading the human's town, you know, and you have to make sure your army's just right to go in and do that. And, right. Um, and that's where, in Starcraft was the space version of that. And uh, I love some Warcraft back in the day. And so when World of Warcraft actually hit, it kind of took the throne from EverQuest, if you remember. Well, now, did you play Starcraft? I never did play StarCraft. Because I, I mentioned that we've got a StarCraft book coming out. Oh, nice. You, you know who, who's writing it? Kevin J. Anderson? 
Timothy Zahn. No way. Yep. Lord Zahn himself. Yep. Lord's on himself. Now, I'm really interested, though, in this next one. I'm like you. I, I doubt it will be anywhere near me, but, man, a, a documentary about Brian De Palma? Yes. Just called De Palma? Just called De Palma. I'm there for that. It, it's basically Brian De Palma talking about his movies. Yeah. Untouchable, Scarface, Carrie, Mission Impossible, Carlito's Way. Push it to the limit! Watch out! <laughs> I just, I, I, look, obviously I love movies. I love talking about directors talking about their movies. I could sit and listen to directors talk about their craft all day long. And so something like this from a guy who, look, he's done some stuff that hasn't worked out well, but he's done some movies that are just, such a part of the American right. film right. library that you know they're just classics to yeah. to hear him talk about them. I'm just so excited to see this. Yeah. I love I love anything like this when there's a focus on someone like this, you know, who's who has made their huge mark on pop culture. You know, I say um, do one about all his contemporaries. You know, oh <laughs> do, yeah, do the same thing. Do a series. Yeah, you know, yeah, please. And, oh, do it with like Spielberg, yes. do it with Scorsese, with all these guys that came up together. Yes. You know, uh, John Milius, all these guys, like do it. Um, there is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plug a podcast here. The Directors Guild has a fantastic podcast. They're short. They're only like 30 to 40 minutes long. Mm-hmm. But it's it's one director interviewing another director and they do it at the the director's guild theater in california and so members of the guild can come and sit and watch this and they record it um but they just interview them about their movies so i listened to one today that was uh donald petrie interviewing john favreau about the jungle book oh nice which i never saw yet really good but they went uh when Spielberg had his uh, Cold War movie open last year, it was Scorsese talking to Spielberg about oh, this wow. picture. And these are the kind, and there's like, they're, they got like 20 or 30 episodes mm-hmm. of it up now. And just, they usually try and find a movie that's current in the theaters or kind of relevant. And just fantastic listen. And just to listen to these guys talk about these pictures. It's a great podcast. So just you search Directors Guild, you'll find it. I, it. You'll find it right away. I'm going to have to look into that. I would love it. I think I'd love it. Um, real quickly, to, to kind of get current here, Central Intelligence has come out. That's Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Kevin Hart. I've heard it's really, really funny from some friends who went and saw it. It looks funny. Um, I, 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 it's one of those I'll wait until it's on cable or something, though. Um, just Can for, we just ask, do either of these guys ever sleep? I don't think so. I, don't, I, I mean, The Rock is in everything. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's becoming quite prolific. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I think he's hilarious. Uh, my friend, the, the way my friend described it to me was, he said, it was better than The Rundown, and I love The Rundown. So... <laughs> Oh, yeah, the rundown was fantastic. Yep. What's up, Kansas City? <laughs> what a great pull from that movie. I'm always pulling. That's my favorite line from the movie. 
my, my coworker and I, like, anytime, like, something Kansas City comes up, we'll just be like, what's up, Kansas I'm, City? I'm always going, do you understand the concept of the Tooth Fairy? Pan. Um, and then, of course. I love that movie. is such an underrated Yeah, gem. I think it's fantastic. I think it is fantastic. I love it. Um, and then, of course, Finding Dory has hit. And, uh, and the world is swimming again. I've not seen it yet. Teresa got to see a preview screening of it when we were down at in Orlando, and she said it's fantastic. She fell yeah. in love immediately. So I, I'm hoping to see it. I think I'm going to try and see it on Saturday. Yeah, I'm, I, I, it's one of those that, that, uh, that I'm sure I'll end up watching and crying through uh, because Pixar loves to rip our hearts out. So uh, Well, and just it, it's funny, too. The mm-hmm. first one was really funny. Also. Yeah, Finding Nemo was, was funny, and it was huge. It was huge. Yeah. Uh, then uh, tomorrow at the time of this recording, Friday, June 24th, Free State of Jones, which is really interesting. I saw the trailer for this thing, and I'm like, what is this? And it's, uh, it's basically a, the secession of, of a county during the Confederacy. Uh, it's a true story. Yeah. It, it's, this guy basically declared his county a free state. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's... He's become like this folk legend, and to some, he's a hero, and to others, not necessarily a hero. There's some questions about what's true, what isn't true, and right. stuff, but just looks really interesting. It's all right, all right, all right. Yeah, Matthew, Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. We're going to free up the state of Jones. Um, we got to free it. Yeah, it's this, be this, free. Looks, this looks interesting, but mm-hmm. uh, the one I'm going to see tomorrow. Now, don't be sarcastic. I'm not. I'm being serious. Oh, I want to see this tomorrow. You know why? Because you're my brother from another mother. <laughs> ID4-2, baby! <laughs> this could be the biggest steaming pile of junk ever, but I am still going to have my butt in a seat to see this this, this weekend. This is what open. summer movies are all about. Uh, I Aliens, loved, stuff blowing up, and Jeff Goldblum. I loved Independence Day, man. Still to this day, love Independence Day. Yep. Really sad that Will Smith's not back for this, but you know what? I'll, I'm there still. Um, it 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 looks interesting. It looks like you know they've taken 20 years to do this, but it's set 20 years after the actual mm-hmm. thing, so it, it works out. Um, I'm I'm interested to see it. I, I've heard mixed reviews. You know, early reviews are mixed, but I haven't seen any reviews I don't, yet. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of at the point where once I decide I'm going to go see something, I sort of turn my brain off. Right, to it. right. Well, and my thing is, is like I don't care what the reviews say on this one. I this is one of those things that I've been waiting for and didn't know I was waiting for. I just need. I, I'm at that point where I, I need a big summer blockbuster that i can just go in sit in the air conditioning bucket of corn cold pop just turn my brain off oh. and like go for a roller coaster oh Harris, Harris, did you just say pop on my show i did i said that for you, <laughs> you come on come on uh this is a free state of jones we don't have pop here um uh, yeah i'm looking forward to this i think it's going to be just mindless fun and and, and and everything that you want into, I, I think that that's what this movie has to do, is just be mindless and plot full of plot holes, and and stuff that makes no sense. And Jeff Goldblum. Well, we actually haven't said the the actual title is Independence Day Resurgence. Yes. 
So, you know, those who didn't catch on to ID 4-2. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, Independence so that, that, Day 2. That's what we're talking about. And not only that, I mean, the fact that they're blatantly in the, in the, in the trailer. You know, the ship that shows up is like a bazillion times bigger than the ship that showed up in the original. And it's just like, of course it is. It's a sequel. <laughs> well, and not only that, in the trailer, you see some giant like Godzilla sort of foot crashing yes. down, crushing a Jeep or something like oh. that. So we're getting Godzilla-sized aliens in this yes. one, too. Yep. Oh. All right, now, before we get into the next movie, which opens on Wednesday, mm-hmm. I have to... I'm just looking up a tweet here. Okay. I got a tweet today specifically about this one. Yes, I saw said tweet. <laughs> Hold on, I've, I've almost got it here. Where are you? Uh, all right, this is from, from Michael Nip. Mm-hmm. Michael High Nip, as we call him. I know Steve loves to talk animal attacks, so shallows should definitely be discussed. <laughs> and here we are, Wednesday, June twenty ninth. Look, this is the first time I saw this trailer or anything about this movie is when I saw Civil War, and um, and 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 it's and the trailer was interesting because it starts with this girl going out surfing and she sees two guys. One guy's like, "Hey, you should come over here." And she's like, "I'm fine here." I'm like, "Oh man, this is going to be some intense thriller about these guys." You yeah, know, it going looks after- like it's going to be like an uh, Eli Roth's next movie. Yes, and I'm just like, oh, this is going to be good. And then all of a sudden, there's that fin. And I'm like, oh, snap, we got us a shark movie. And, uh, and guys, I'm telling you, that I, I've just decided in my life there's no sense in being in nature. No. Everything's out to kill you. There is nothing in nature that wants you alive. We call it the animapocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> So basically what this is, is it's Blake Lively on like her dream surf vacation to this beautiful, idyllic beach that's this perfect surf location. And she gets attacked by a great white shark and is, from what the trailer shows, she's basically stuck kind of on this rock in the middle of the shallows with the shark just kind of waving her Mm -hmm. out. They've released, like I think, three trailers now. And I don't know if you watched the, the third one that I sent you, but, like, there's... I think all of us have kind of seen, like, those those Photoshop photos where you see the surfer kind of just about to enter the pipeline. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. Wave, and then from within the water, mm-hmm. you see the big silhouette. Oh, the there's shark. no sense in that. There's no sense in that. Well, I just... I tell myself... Do- they actually do that in this movie. Oh. Like she's hitting the pipeline, and you just see the shark come out of nowhere oh. and, like, you know, hit her. I um, always tell myself that those are just photoshopped images; that those aren't real. Well, and I think that they are photoshopped. Okay, images, thank God. But there's been so many of them. Yeah. yeah. That you know, I, I'm sure the filmmakers are like, all right, we need to do a movie based on that. And that shot's in that third trailer. Yes. Oh my lanta. Yeah, it's because it's all nice and peaceful, and she's like hitting the wave, and then all of a sudden, just you see the silhouette come in, and it's like, what? Yeah, and I love, understand, I love the ocean. I grew up at the beach. Um, I think you were the one, was it you that was like really, no, it was Scott Rifen, who actually is from down around the coast where I was at, where I grew up, that when we were kids, the only time I've ever actually seen a shark out in the wild was this one small shark came you just walking that in the wild in the wild yeah 
is this the small shark kind of comes where everyone's kind of swimming and these lifeguards go out with a net they're on their boards trying to uh you know to wrangle them in and my dad just got tired of waiting on them so he goes and um he goes out and uh and just grabs the little thing by the tail and throws it in their net so they can get it back up on the shore mm. and uh that was the only time i ever saw a shark in the wild you know um and 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 now i'm just like what have i ever done out there because it's not crystal clear blue water down on the coast of of georgia in fact scott rife will be the first to tell you he hates that's some that's some bull shark territory yes sir yes sir and uh and scott rife will tell you he hates the quality of the water down there off the coast of georgia so he (laughs) he hates where he lives um (laughs) he does a radio show about it every morning Update on my on my TV here. Summer school has ended. Yeah, I'm now watching Independence Day. Oh my gosh! They're, I should have. They're, they're sending in the welcome wagon. I should have Independence Day on. Gee whiz! So the Shallows. I don't know that I'll go watch this. Um, I definitely want to see this. I don't know if I'm going to see it in the theater or if it's going to be a wait and watch it at home. But I think that this could be a surprise little hit. Yeah, I think it's definitely interesting. There's that moment where she's on in this trailer where she's on the buoy. Um, yeah, yeah. This is the one you sent me is the one I saw in theaters, and she's on the buoy and uh, she grabs the flare gun, and I just keep expecting her to say "Smile, you sob." Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's not Jaws. It's not Jaws, man. It's nothing ever will be. No, no. But if it's close to deep blue sea, I'll be very happy. Oh my gosh. Deep Blue Sea, boss. Um, I love Deep Blue Sea. It that movie. That's one. That's one we need to just do a commentary on at some point. Yes, I'm all for it. I mean, it's like I don't know that I love it, but I just know that it's worth talking about while you're watching. Uh, it's it's such it's just a fun. That's a fun turn your brain off movie. Uh, we we've gone so long, but so we'll try to get through July quickly. Um. But July's where the good There's stuff. There's a lot of good stuff. The BFG coming Friday, July 1st. Steven Spielberg. Um, His first Disney movie. Is this a Disney movie for sure? Yes. Wow. Uh, he is going to be, uh, he directs this. It's uh, based on a book by Roald Dahl. Yep. And screenplay by uh, the late Melissa Matheson. Oh, wow. Who wrote The Black Stallion and E.T. Look, I don't, I'm not familiar with this story at all. But I, n- neither am I. It's it's got something to do with you know a, a, a little girl who befriends a giant who is I think he's kind of an outcast mm-hmm. from the other giants. Like he's the friendly one, mm-hmm. and the others are the mean ones. And the two of them, along with I think it says the Queen of England, yeah, have to they got to stop the mean giants from taking over. Mm. So, but Roald Dahl. You know, just uh, James and the Giant Peach uh, stuff. That he just fantastic imagination. Um, Mark Rylance, who won the Oscar for uh, Stevens uh, Cold War movie, Bridge of Spies. He is the big friendly giant. Yeah. Um, uh, look, the fact that it's Steven Spielberg and it's a screenplay. The screenplay is by Melissa Matheson. I'm there. Yeah. I'm there. I didn't realize. The I didn't realize she had written this. By the way. It's the kind of thing that Spielberg hasn't done in a while. Yeah, it, right? It's been a while since he's been done a while. this kind of family movie. Yeah. 
Yeah. So well, I'm I'm looking forward. Yeah. So I'm looking am I. forward to it. I'll tell you what else I'm looking forward to is the Tarzan movie. So am I. Um, this, I, I'm a sucker for Tarzan movies. Did you see the last one that came out a few years ago? Well, there. Wait, what was the last one? I don't know. What, is that the one that had like? Uh, I want to say Vanderbeek. That's not it. Um, no. Casper Van Diem or something like that in it. What? No, I didn't think he was in one. I thought that there was like a Casper Van Diem. Wow, I didn't, I didn't know that. Uh, I even like the Disney Tarzan movie. Oh, I love the Disney with all Tarzan the Phil movie. Phil Collins music. Yeah, I love everything about that except the Rosie O'Donnell song. Two two thousand thirteen Tarzan came out. I never saw it. It was um, it was uh, Kellen Lutz. Kellen, okay. But this was an animated thing. This was a digital thing. Mm. Looks no, like I did that's not, not see it. That. Um, no, I didn't either. I thought there was something else though that, that came. Maybe that was the one I was thinking of. This one sort of looks like they took the Greystoke Tarzan and like amped it up with action. The old legend of Greystoke. Yeah. The CW had their Tarzan it was my show. Father. The CW had their t- their, their Tarzan show back in the, uh, or I guess it would have been the the WB back then. Uh, early 2000s. I didn't watch that. Me, me either. Did you watch? I, I remember when Greystoke came out, but I never saw it. I never saw it. You never it. saw it? No. No. It was, it was good. It was good. I mean, it, what, at the time, it was kind of groundbreaking for the gorilla effects, you know, the mm-hmm. suits and stuff that they built. Right. Um, that was, you know, one of the big things. And also, at the time, Christopher Lambert was, you know, Still a box office draw. Now, Eris, is it Lambert or Lambert? It's Lambert. Okay, I thought I've always said Christopher Lambert. No, it's Lambert. He's got like that sort of French Canadian thing or whatever. Okay, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. He's classy. Yeah. Okay. Lambert. Is he? Is he classy? (laughs) I I didn't know that of him either. I I find that my Christopher Lambert knowledge is quite lacking. (laughs) <laughs> so, <laughs> I've seen it's been a while but I've seen Greystoke a few times yeah I remember when it came out I just thought it was such a cool sounding thing and of course being the He-Man fan I was at the time Gray Skull yeah uh, so yeah I look I, I'm i I'm all in I think I'm all in on this one yeah this, um, looks, this looks like it could be fun yeah they've got my attention on this one the one they don't have my attention on though is the Purge election year yeah but it's you know it's going to draw an audience. Yeah, it's going to it's going to draw uh, Ethan. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's he's a purge guy. He's a he purge does. kid. My nephews like these stupid <laughs> horror movies. Um, I'm not familiar with Swiss Army Man, or wasn't familiar with Swiss Army Man. Indie movie uh, that it premiered at Sundance. Um, it's. It's getting a lot of buzz on the, the indie circuit. Um, Paul Dano plays a guy who is stranded on a deserted island. Mm-hmm. Um, been there a while, like, ready to give up, and a body washes ashore that is Daniel Radcliffe. Wow. <laughs> so Daniel uh, Radcliffe plays yeah, a bad it's, guy. It, it, it's his carcass from Now You See Me Too. Oh, nice. W- washes ashore. Nice. <laughs> um, and here's where the Swiss Army man comes into play. Basically, he's dead, but his body basically serves as a Swiss Army knife. Oh, wow. Mm. So Paul Dano is able to survive 
by using this corpse and like you know doing a lot of the thing like you know his arms like chop wood and mm. stuff like that he's able at one point in the trailer you see him riding it like it's a wave runner you know kind of thing That's and weird. you know and he talks to him yeah okay so okay so, so daniel radcliffe's not just doing a weekend at bernie's thing where he's just there dead no okay no. he is you know he's animated and he speaks and everything but it, it's sort of a surrealist thing you know, is this guy going crazy right, right. or is he not? And he's trying to get back to his girlfriend who, uh, I forget who plays his girlfriend, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Um, so it's just, like I said, it's, it looks interesting. It looks like it could be kind of fun, kind of weird, quirky. Um, but it's definitely on the, like, the top list of like the indie movies to see this year. Mm-hmm. It does look quirky. It looks it looks like a dark comedy. I think so, yeah. yes. Yeah. Uh, the following week, uh, Friday, July, The Secret Life of Pets. Uh, we've all seen these ads for this. My favorite part is when the bird turns the fan on and uh, is flying and watching like the jet fighters go through the canyon on the video game or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I uh, like the poodle <laughs> who turns the stereo on and it's like death metal. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yeah. Uh, so this looks fun. Yeah, yeah. The the guys who did Despicable Me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, good family movie. Animation looks good. I just hope that we haven't seen all the fun, quirky bits in the trailers. Yeah, a good... A the commercial's good, on every five seconds. A good family movie as opposed to Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. Yes. <laughs> now, this one, it was hard finding a clean trailer to send you. Uh, that's why I put the not suitable for the pod <laughs> note next to it. Um, April from uh, from uh, Parks and Rec is in this, right? Yes, and Anna Kendrick. And Anna Kendrick. And I love Anna Kendrick. Who doesn't, sir? You, did you doesn't? see the thing she did with James Corden? No. Uh, they did a, a fun little bit on his show where... It was, uh, they just went through all these love songs. I told a story through all these love songs. It's kind of gone viral today. It's a lot of fun. Check it out. I've not seen it. I've not seen it. You'll find it. Really um, well. this, is, this is Adam Devine and Zac Efron. Um, trying Adam to get... Devine from the, uh, from the Pitch Perfect movies mm-hmm. and from Modern Family. And Zac Efron from Being Dreamy. Yes, from having the best abs in Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, a comedy, of course, and they're just trying to get dates for their... Yeah, they, they're going to like a family's wedding, and they have to bring dates, and they don't want to. And so the wedding is in Hawaii, and they put out like an ad, and you know, yeah. uh, Aubrey Plaza and Anna Kendrick are like, oh, well, you know, free trip to Hawaii will be your dates. And they turned out to be even wilder than the two guys oh wow no polarity ensues captain fantastic vigo mortensen i put this on here foremost because it's vigo yeah and i just i love command me lord oh not that vigo yes (laughs) um i i just He's done so many great movies. I mm-hmm. love watching his stuff. But this looks interesting, too. Yep. Another another little indie thing. Yep. He's uh, a father who has been raising his kids, like, in the middle of nowhere. 
uh, raising him the way he wants him to. Uh, the mother, his wife, passes away, and you know, uh, her family steps in and wants to take custody of the kids. You know, it's one of those things he's got to fight to keep his kids. We've seen the story before, but it's Vigo, so. Vigo, command me, Lord. <laughs> and then, uh, Eris, I want to, uh, have you heard the song from, from July 15th? Of course, the Ghostbusters are hitting. I haven't heard the song. I've heard it's horrible. Really? I've not heard it. I, I saw that it was available. Yeah, I, and, I, uh, well, I saw like a bad review of it. Too. All right, well, I'm going to make us listen. Uh, I was going to say, I already, already don't like it. Yeah, it's Wow, this is taking a long time to get anywhere. Why couldn't they just make their own song? Wow. Ray Parker Jr. is rolling over in his grave right now. I don't think he's dead. Well, he just did. Um, that, that song will kill him. You know, just do this. Look, the Bobby Brown song. Too hot to handle, too cold to hold. They called the Ghostbusters and the Indian Control. Listen, I got to tell you something. On Our Own by Bobby Brown was my jam. So. I'm on my own. Well, I guess we're gonna, gonna have to take control. <laughs> but this is just weird. It's not, it's not, it's just weird. Yeah, I'll probably end up... I don't Here's know. how great Ray Parker's song was. Mm-hmm. I remember going to see Ghostbusters yes. with like my two best friends. Mm-hmm. We walked out of the theater, went back to one of their houses, and called the radio station right away and asked them to play the song. Yes, dude, I, I used to that used to be my go-to call a radio station and ask them to play it for a while. Because I, I loved it as a child. Um it was just uh it was it was that and i still love it to this day you know there's something about so why <clears throat> there's something about when you hit that at the end of it when he's like let me tell you something bustin makes me feel good <laughs> i love the ghostbusters right, song well that bad version of the song yeah. aside i can't wait to see this movie. i'm looking forward to it i'm, it look, I'm looking forward fun. to it the effects look phenomenal they're crisp and clean and the colors are awesome yeah. it just looks I, I love it and i don't get the haters on this a lot of people are jumping all over the comedy aspect of it and i'm like if you watch the original ghostbusters this one was a comedy <clears throat> i mean it had its funny moments but it wasn't but there was a story to what was going on but the first, I, I, I mean, I'm sorry, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, like, that's a comedy. Right. You know, they took the funniest dudes around at the time and made a movie. And yep. so what did they do right now? They took some of the funniest ladies around and made the movie. What is wrong with that? I don't get it. Mm-mm, I don't either. I'm looking forward to it. 
I'll be there. I've seen more. I, I'm seeing the hate here and there, but I'm seeing more love from the people that I know that are in yeah. my life than hate. So, so I'm all over it. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. I'll be there. I know my friend Derek will be there. He check out Ray's Occult Podcast as done by Derek. Um, and uh, also the re-release guys today of the Shoe Archives are coming. Stark, the original Starkville House of Ale is being uh, republished. So if you want to relive the Smallville days with Derek and the gang and then Derek and myself and then Derek and the gang and then Derek and myself, uh, they're coming to iTunes again. So be ready for that. There's a little announcement for you. Nice. Friday, July 22nd, Star Trek Beyond. This one's another one that people have been back and forth on. But then, uh, man, this past weekend. Yeah. Wow. Anton Yelkin, 27 years old. Uh, tragic, tragic, tragic death. And, uh, and just tragic the way he died, too. Yeah, indeed, indeed. And, you know... The car slipping out of gear and rolling back and crushing him. Yeah. He was a really big part of the, that first one of making it so good. I mean, of that main cast. Um, you know, and, I, and I don't, I'm not overstating this because he, he died... Um, that whole role of pulling it off of, uh, of, of, of Chekhov to me is like, all right, he's the one they could have actually left out. And I don't think anyone would have missed. Right. But in that, in the first movie, especially they gave him some stuff to do, you know, he's like, Oh, I can do this. I can beam them while they're falling, all this other stuff. And so, um, you know, they gave him his moment to shine and, and really pointed out what makes Chekhov part of the crew and everything. But, uh, also, during that time, you know, just found out this kid was a really well-spoken and intelligent dude who had a bright future ahead of him. So, you know, thoughts and prayers and with his family. He was prolific, too. I mean, ton of work that he did in a short amount of time. He did yeah. a little movie uh, a few years ago called Charlie Bartlett that yes. I really dug. Yep. yep. With uh, Robert Downey Jr. in it, and I believe Kat Dennings was in it. Yep. And he was just fantastic in that. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, but, uh, you know, back, as far as Star Trek goes, mm-hmm. I'm kind of on the fence with this one. You know, I'm hearing so many different things. On one hand, you see the trailers, and you saw that first trailer with the Beastie Boys, and, and I'm kind of like, I don't have a problem with it. I think it's pretty cool. And then you're hearing that people are, like, worried because it's Justin Lin, and he's going to make it a Fast and Furious in space. But then you hear other people say, no, this is more Star Trek than any of these new Star Treks have been. So, I don't well, know. I loved... The first, I loved JJ's first one. Yeah, I thought, well, and, yeah. And, and I loved it because I, I felt that they really got the characters right. Sure. You know, it, it, it was a great way to reboot this without throwing out everything that had happened before. They found a clever little, you know, trick for that. I thought the whole thing worked. I was excited about the promise of the future of new movies. And then the second one came and... I was furious. I, I don't remember. The last time I was this angry watching a movie was Superman Returns. <laughs> oh, now listen, that's where our, that's where our brothership kind of fails. Um, but I was just, because the whole point of the first track was we have cleaned the slate. We can tell our own stories. So well, what are they going to do? <clears throat> they remake the best track movie there is. In Wrath of Khan, they lie to us the whole time that it's not <laughs> Khan, right. even though everybody knows it is. They remake it, but, oh, 
you know what? Instead of Spock dying, it's going to be Kirk that dies. And we're going to bring him that little twist. And we're going to bring him right back to life. It's just like, are you freaking kidding me? I was so furious. Well, and Spock could have done so much awesome sauce with that. And Spock skypes with himself to find out what he needs to do. Yeah, and it's it's just just, to me. Here's the thing: I like the first one that they did. But my my issue with it was that they should have just gone without the whole Spock Prime going back in time thing and done a completely new story with with the foundation of these characters, you know, and, and these characters right. being, you know, and never be tied into the old universe at all. Just do a full on complete reboot and free yourself from any of the con- constraints and the confines. And then, you know, the thing the the thing about the Wrath of Khan is. It was the Wrath of Khan because of what had happened in the series. Mm-hmm. And and now, because of this new timeline, that all gets undone. It got weird and twisted, and it just didn't make a lot of sense. And, and, I was well, just, and the magic that they had done with the characters in the first movie, they lost. Bones, immediate in the second movie, Bones is just the, the crappy stereotype that the DeForest Kelly character became in like Star Trek V, where it's just like... Every other line, damn it, Jim, I'm a doctor, not a blah, blah, blah. Right, right. You know, and like all of the cool stuff that they gave him to do in the first movie, they took away. Yeah. And then Uhura went to just being mad at Spock the whole time. (laughs) Well, and I'll also say this now, and, and, and this may be, this is one of those things that get me in trouble. I don't really like Star Trek II all that much. I don't like Wrath of Khan. It is boring. It is a boring movie to me. Oh, no, no, no. There it is. Uh, If you want to talk about original Star Trek movies, I like three better than two, and I know that's a lot different than everyone else, but I love... Oh, three has got... It's got uh, Doc Brown. Yeah. But he's doing Jim from Taxi as a Klingon. I like it. And I also... But I'll tell you You what. You want to give me the Genesis device? Okie doke. (laughs) i tell you what else, though. Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home. That's my jam. That that is, is my jam. Now Scott cool. Rifen will try to tell you. That's a, this is another shout out for Scott Rifen. Uh, he'll try to tell you that I can't quote it correctly, but I I don't. Captain, there be whales here. I don't I don't pride myself on quoting Star Trek movies, but uh, yeah, I love it, man. I love uh, I love Star Trek Four. So anyway, Star Trek Beyond. I'm on the fence with this one. Uh, because I got burned with the second one, but also, and you know me, I love me the Fast and Furious movies. Yep, yep. And yesterday was 15th anniversary. Are you serious? Yep. Wow. Uh, big day. Can't wow. wait for, for Furious 8. I'm so excited for it. Love what I've seen of it so far. But I'm just a little nervous that, you know, Justin Lin might, be fast and furious in track here. Mm-hmm. There's part of it, like the motorcycle scene, like that's not track to me. Yeah. And yeah. I know that, you know, the first one opened with him on the motorcycle, like, you know, being chased and stuff. But, you know, I, I don't know. And we've got the, we got that weird, like, Transformers 4 thing, you know, when they would transform into like the million particles and like destroy stuff it looks like that's kind of happening in this which is very similar to we've discussed this on previous shows 
you know, the power to just disintegrate everything. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Well, these and, things... And, and can, i got to say one other thing. Starfleet has to stop giving Kirk brand new ships. Yes, yep, yep. Let's open her up and see what she can do. Let's see how fast I, it takes to blow her up. exciting and everything, but can't we just see a movie where the Enterprise does... Where the Enterprise is the one destroying stuff? <laughs> but that's I mean, not what it's about. How much money have they wasted on giving ships to Kirk? This is... Now the third one that he's going to destroy. Well, if I learned anything from Star Trek Four, it's that they don't have money in the future. This is true. I guess they just enterprises grow on trees. That's right. That's right. In the future, enterprises grow on trees. Um, the next Friday, Friday, July twenty nine, Bad Moms. Is this a Thelma and Louise knockoff? No, it's uh, you know it's moms just being bad. Oh, okay. Fed up with their kids. They love their kids. But, is this you know, in the is this in the vein of Bad Santa and Bad Teacher? Sort of, okay. I guess. You know, it's more it's more moms against moms. Okay. It's more the, you know, the moms who are trying to be perfect, just fed up with the moms who are perfect, mm-hmm. and you know, we're having a bake sale at school, and it's got to be gluten free. Vegan, sugar-free, flour-free, like all that. And it's just like, are you freaking kidding me? Why can't I just bring a cupcake for this thing? You know, and they just kind of lose it. But the cast is, uh, it's, um, uh, why can't Ashton Kutcher's wife, why can't I think of her name? Demi Um, Moore? No, no, his new wife. Uh, She was on that 70s show. And Mila, was, Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis, yes. Uh, she's in it, and um, and Christina Kristen. Applegate is in it, and uh, a, a couple other. It's it's a good cast. So <laughs> it's another one that I, I I will definitely rent. Well, but yeah. the next one, this one had me at the punch. Well, yeah, Jason Bourne, Matt, Matt Damon. Uh, coming back, man, is Jason Bourne. Look at you. Is... <laughs> Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> America. Um. I want to do the bummer remix. America. <laughs> oh my gosh. He is uh, not only is he in this. What's the what's the lady's name that was in the other Borns with him, Julia uh, Stiles? Is she back in this? Yeah, one? yeah. All right. Yeah, um, it's Paul Greengrass back yes. to direct it, and he directed the second and third Borns, which were yep. the great ones. I, you know what? I've watched those three, but it's been so long since I watched They're the Borns stuff. Just great, but yeah. there's just there's just that one scene in the trailer for this one where. It looks like he's in like you know a village in Afghanistan or something. And it's like a bunch of guys gathered around for like an impromptu boxing match or something, and he just walks right up to the guy, bam, <laughs> puts him down, and yeah. that's it. Like the fight's over, yeah. and I'm just like, I'm there. Yep. You had me at the punch. It looks. I mean, it looks good. I'm glad that Paul Greengrass is back. Is uh, is Jeremy Renner going to make an appearance in this movie? Do you I think? I don't know. I don't know. Like this is not. I. I I know I'm going to see this. I don't want to see anymore. Right. If Jeremy Renner shows up, I want it to be a surprise. Yeah. I don't want to know if he's in it or not. It'd well, be cool if he did. Yeah. Well, finally, um, 
Yoga Hosers. Is Yoga Hosers coming out on the 29th? Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is Kevin Smith's new movie he wrote. Uh, it's got his daughter and Lily Rose Depp in it. Um, this is uh, this is kind of his thing that he's been doing in some of his recent films. Is He's taking stuff that were, was birthed on his podcast, Modcast, and he's taking these, these germs of ideas and, and fleshing them out into films. He did this with Tusk. And this is the second one of those. The third one, this is the second in what he's calling his True North trilogy. The third will be Moose Jaws, which is just Jaws with a moose. And uh, Okay. Um, this is, Kevin Smith himself has said that this is a movie made for teenage girls. It's meant to be PG-13. He didn't want to rate it. He didn't want an R rating at all. Um, it's different than anything else he's done. Um I dig what he's doing, whether I like the movies or not. I watched Tusk, and it was kind of depressing. Um, I didn't see Tusk. It, uh, it's, dude, it's, it's a movie like you've never seen. And that's the thing. It's like Kevin Smith, a lot of people, you know, they kind of get on him and stuff about what he's doing. But he, when it comes to his movies lately, he's just doing what he wants to do. He's doing stuff that, like, no one else will do. And he's doing the stuff he wants to see, and I, you know, I feel like on one hand, as a filmmaker, you got to respect that, that that this is what you know that he's doing his thing. Um, he's also in the process. He announced on one of his podcasts of they've been going around selling uh, the Buckaroo Bonsai TV show that Universal wanted to get back into the Buckaroo Bon. I think it's Universal wanted to get into the Buckaroo Bonsai business, and they got in touch with Kevin Smith because they heard him talking about it one time. And uh, and so he's he's going. He's got some people teamed up doing that. He's also said that it looks like Mallrats two, rather than being a movie, is going to be a television show. Um, and uh, but Yoga Hosers is about. It takes place in Canada. Uh, it's got a recurring character from Tusk in there, as played by Johnny Depp, Guy Lapointe. Um, basically, these two girls go to a party and they end up doing battle with an evil force in the form of uh, sausage Nazis called Nazis. A Nazi Nardi? So, what's that? A Nazi Nardi? <laughs> yeah, a senior party. A Nazi so, um, I, I, you know. I, 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 I've seen the trailer for this twice now and I'm just like, what the hell am I looking at? Yeah. It's just so... And look, I... I love Clerks. Mm-hmm. I love Clerks too. I love Mallrats. I even like parts of Dogma. Like you know, there was a time I saw Clerks in the movie theater. Like there oh, was wow. a time where I worshipped at the altar of Kevin Smith. Yeah, yeah. Like totally bought into what he's doing. Now I am just tired of him. Mm. I'm tired of the stupid hockey jersey. <laughs> wow. It's just Irish. Uh, enough with the freaking hockey jersey already, and and it's even. Like to the point where they make a joke of it in the trailer, you know they they literally say something like from the guy who won't stop wearing hockey jerseys, or something like that. Yeah. But he's also, I just feel like like when I see him on shows like I've seen him on like you know Talking Dead and stuff like that, he's just so inappropriate for the moment a lot of times. Like there's no filter on. Him. Yeah, he definitely goes to the uh, to the potty humor. And it's not necessary. And look, I'm all for potty humor. Like it cracks me up and stuff. But there's a time and place for it. Yeah. Now listen, I dig Kevin Smith. There, I think there's a world wherein I and Kevin Smith could be friends because I give people a pass on a lot of things, 
and and he does too a lot of times like he's very slow to to do what you just did and rip on somebody but i do find i do find his humor to be a little tiresome sometimes and i'm like you because i think he's funnier than that um so do i he was funnier than that clerks was brilliant clerks too was funny but had such a wonderful heart to it which yeah. was so surprising I really like, I even like Jersey Girl, which I know a lot of people don't like. I, I, I think I saw it like the one time. Yeah. And I mean, to me, that showed really the dude's heart more than anything yeah. was that movie. But it is, um, it, you know, I don't know. I, this is one of those, I didn't get to see Tusk until it was on video on demand. And I'll watch this on video on demand just because I do follow the guy. I don't know that I worship at the altar of Kevin Smith. I don't know that I ever have. But I like the people he surrounds himself with. And I like his. I like he's got an incredible ability to tell a story, and um, and he I does. And so, so I'll listen to him do that stuff. There is a. His stories tend to get longer and longer the older he gets. That's true. <laughs> there is a. He does a podcast called he Edge. He did. He did like an hour and a half video review of Batman versus Superman. Yeah, yeah, that was for Batman. That was for his Batman on Batman podcast. Yeah, and it's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. He, I, but I, I watched like 15, 20 minutes of it, and I, I just I couldn't. I had enough. Yeah, well, I, listen, I he's one of those people that on the way to work, to and from work on my commute, I'll, I'll pop in and listen to. Okay. Um, but also, he does a podcast with just to just to kind of give you a bit of his where he's great at comedy without being too perverse. He does a podcast called Education with Andy McElfresh. Uh, McElfresh used to be a writer on the Tonight Show with Jay Leno. Okay. And uh, and he worked with Kevin when Kevin actually did a few segments for them way back in the day. And Mikhail Frisch uh, got with some of the other former writers, and they do a thing where he'll get them to write jokes as though they're doing an opening monologue, like a Jay Leno opening monologue. Mm-hmm. And he'll give them to Kevin Cold, and Kevin does a Bane impersonation, much like myself. <laughs> and he reads and he and he reads. The, the jokes as Bane as though Bane is trying stand-up comedy <laughs> and and the commentary between the jokes that he makes because he never ends up going blue or getting dirty with it he just he drops into this character of Bane as a stand-up comedian and it is some of the funniest I have not laughed that hard at Kevin Smith's stuff in a long time but when he does when he drops into that bit it is one of the funniest things uh, you'll hear so I, I don't know why I'm really trying to defend Kevin Smith to you. It's not like we're friends or anything. Well, and I don't mean to I don't mean to be attacking him. I right. Just, you know, he would look. I mean, Clark Kevin Smith was one of the first guys to like go out there publicly with Star Wars is cool. Mm-hmm. You know, Clark's. You know, it had the Chewbacca song in it. it had that great you know scene about like just the 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 workers on the Death Star and stuff <laughs> yes. like. He was, and, and I'm not saying like he was the guy that, that said Star Wars was cool, but he was one of the first guys to take Star Wars and make it irrelevant. Relevance the wrong word, too. But you know where to integrate it into the pop culture. Right, again. right. Yeah, he was one of the first. And what's really interesting to that end is if you watch the Attack of the Clones uh, commentaries, when they get to the point in Attack of the Clones where they show the Death Star, George Lucas says, uh, Kevin Smith had that whole scene about people building this star and i figured this would just put that conversation to rest when you realize <laughs> when you realize that it was built by a bunch of evil aliens <laughs> so <laughs> um, but you know that was 
and so like you know, I'm watching this, and I'm like, this guy loves the same stuff I do. Yeah, right, right. You know, you instantly felt that connection. It was like, okay, brother from another mother. Sure. You know, and I just feel like, like, in the last five to ten years, like I've sort of lost that connection. Yeah, with him. yeah. Well, you're not a stoner. So, <laughs> I think that has something to do with it with him sometimes. Is, is he a stoner? Oh, big time. Okay. Big See, time. See, I, I, I never really, never really saw him as that. Well, and he wasn't for the longest time. It's only been in the past four or five years. But when he went there, man, he's like. Well, that make the hockey jerseys make sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's always been a man in a uniform. You know, whether it was the yeah. whether it was the hoodies or the long coat or whatever the case may be, he's always been a dude. And as a fat dude who finds clothes that are comfortable, I can completely relate oh, to that. Yeah, you know? I get it. But I get it. but you know, hey, what you gonna do? By the way, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast, Kevin Smith. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. I'd love to talk to Kevin I would, Smith. too. I'd love to talk to Kevin Smith and tell him. I don't this. think we'd ever get a word in edgewise. No, so. no. We'd get one question in and go from there. He did a great job oh, directing. got Chasing Amy, too. Yes, Chasing you Amy's know, great. great. Yeah, another great movie of his. Yeah. Um, he, uh, he was, uh, I, I lost my train of thought. Oh, he directed uh, an episode of The Flash this past season. And it was a oh yeah, and, it, and he did a really good job. It was a good episode. Yeah. So, you know, he's he's finding his way in there, man. He's right. doing it. Well, I'm, I'm curious about yoga yoga hoses. Yeah. I'm curious about this Moose Jaws movie. Yep, yep. So. It's it's Jaws with the moose. Um, so here we go. We as with as with Pass Corner at the end, we always hit up the the multiple of five anniversaries of some movies, and, and hopefully you'll be surprised by some stuff you hear I kind of feel like we should allow people to take a... We need an intermission here. Well, okay. I, I'm not saying we should really do one, but, like, you know, I kind of feel like, okay, we're watching Lawrence of Arabia, and, you know, here, here's the part where we're going to change reels, little intermission, overture... Because we've got a lot of anniversary movies to cover. Well, let me do this. Let me make a plug. A plug for patreon.com slash geekoutloud. If you guys want to support the show. Plug Patreon. Yes, sir. If you guys want to support the shows, you can do so directly by going to patreon.com slash geekoutloud and uh, donating to whatever level you want to. And, uh, man, if... uh, Oh, my Lanta. What's going on here? I'm having some problems. Um, there's different rewards for different levels, of course. And uh, we have goals. Uh, with each In each goal we meet, we'll get something new. We're working toward a YouTube show. We're working toward daily Geek Out Louds. We're working toward all kinds of things. But we need your help to do it. Um, everyone who donates gets their name put on the Goldiverse Wall of Fame with, uh, with a very special superpower. For example, Jamie Swan. Tapping into ancient mystical powers, Jamie calls on the powers of the animal kingdom to aid in the fight against those who would wreak havoc on good citizens. Jamie Swan, ladies and gentlemen, your featured supporter on this episode of Geek Out Loud. Push it to the limit, everybody.
I don't know. That song's been on my... I, I got to tell you, folks, Steve's going to be pushing it to the limit with his new show, Hats Out Loud. Ha, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so, uh, th- that Push It to the Limit has been stuck in my head for the past three days, by the way. Now, what is Push It to the Limit from? It was in Scarface. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I've got to be honest, here's another confession. I've never seen Scarface, but... Uh, well, I, Steve, say hello to my little friend. I mean, I know, this, I know the line, I know what's happening in the line and everything, I know that's at the end, um, you know, but I've, I've never watched the movie. Um, anniversary, movie anniversaries, man. Uh, 40 years ago in June, Midway. I... Love this movie. Charlton, I love all these like World War Two movies. Charlton Heston, Henry Fonda, Jim, James Coburn, Glenn Ford, Hal Holbrook, Mylanta, Bob Mitchum, Bob Wagner, Bob Wagner, Chuck Heston, Hank Fonda, ah. Jimmy Coburn, Toshiro Mifun. Mm. I mean, this was just you know obviously telling the battle of midway mm-hmm. the the great naval battles during world war 2 in the pacific um you know it's like 3 hours long they used real footage of the dog fights it's just awesome just epic uh epic. The- and you know this was at the time when they were making movies like this mm-hmm. a bridge too far and stuff that just yeah. had these like massive casts that you see them now, and it's just like, wow, all these guys were in this? Um, ironically, or I don't know if ironically is the right word, but Band of Brothers, the, the HBO series, is one of those, it's one of those uh, shows now where you watch that series, and it's just, this guy was in that, this guy was in it. It's like all these relevant actors today who all had little bit parts in it. You know, Simon Pegg, uh, Michael Fassbender, like guys like that, Tom Hardy, um, you know, they're, you know, blink and you miss it rolls in it. Right, right. Uh, I just watched it again a couple weekends ago and, uh, you know, I didn't realize Tom Hardy was in it. I'm like, why do I know this guy? And it's like a really skinny young Tom Hardy. (laughs) Nice. And they actually didn't mess with his voice. Oh, really? So he wasn't like, hello. Yeah, you could actually understand what he was saying. I'm Don Hardy, yes. Darth Vader breathing, Darth Vader breathing. Anyway, um, midway, so 40 also, years ago. Also in 1976, The Omen. Yeah. I've never seen it myself. Never as, seen it, but I remember the commercials on TV when yeah. I was a kid, and they would scare the bejesus out of me. All right, Irish. 35 years ago, 1981. Oh, this first movie. I mean, these are some epic movies here. I mean, these all deserve their own episode for the most part. Yeah. Of Geek Out Loud. Clash of the Titans, go. I uh, how could you not love Clash of the Titans? This is this is Ray Harryhausen type stuff, but also just It is ca- Ray Harryhausen. Is it? It was definitely Ray. Okay, so I didn't I, I didn't want to speak misspeak. I thought it was Ray. Um but it's just one master of, at his like apex yes. of his craft. Oh, this thing, man, is it is it is it captured imaginations, and it was the perfect time for it. You know, it was that that time of 
Star Wars in the 80s. You know, it was the early 80s, 81, in fact. Throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks, and this did. They they made Clash of the Titans action figures. There was, it was yeah. I mean, Pegasus, the robot owl, all that stuff, man. Burgess Meredith. Uh, you gotta get... You gotta, you gotta watch out for the thunder from Zeus. <laughs> Olivier as Zeus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the master thespian. Yep. As Zeus in a stop motion animation like action picture. Oh. Um, yeah, Dude. just uh, awesome. Clash the, of the, the Titans the, did it before Marvel did it, guys. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Raider. Um, oh. This next one, come on. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Man. Raiders. I don't just, know that I've done a Indiana Jones show. Have we? Yeah, we, we did. did. We did the debate about which That's one right. was better. That's Raiders right. Raiders or uh, Last Crusade. Right, right. And that, I, was, that was the... It was either it was one Patreon of the first... show or it was... No, we did it for one of the Cure Marathon. Okay, yeah, yeah. Man, I, and I... I was, I still think that's our best show. I agree. I And I stand by what I said on that show that it depends on which one I'm watching. Yeah, we couldn't decide. I mean, it's so good. Raiders of the Lost Ark is just, it is this perfect movie of just stuff. And, and all the, you know, I don't know, in the world of like fans pointing out stuff and everything, the whole thing of pointing out that Indiana Jones didn't need to be there and everything still would have happened the way it did. Oh, that episode of Big Bang Theory depressed me for days. Uh, well, but here's the thing. How would it have gotten back to the States to be locked away in the, yeah. you know, with top men? How would uh, the top men ever got their hands on it? I had the pleasure of getting to watch the Raiders movies, the, the Indiana Jones movies, with my nephews. And oh, they nice. hadn't seen them. And especially the seven-year-old, mm-hmm. like, you know... Watching him with like the, the scene with the snakes and yes. you know even in Temple of Doom the 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 dinner scene he was just like on pins and needles like the 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 chilled monkey brains he chilled thought was like brains. the coolest thing he had ever seen yes uh, dude Raiders of Lost Ark you're not going to find a better act adventure has a name it must be Indiana Jones that's right uh, Superman two now sir I'm going to tell you something. For most of my life, every sequel to a superhero movie has been judged by Superman 2. And I don't mean that Richard Donner version that came out back with all the Blu-ray stuff. I'm talking about the straight Richard Lester credited direction mm-hmm. of Superman 2. I love this movie. All the weird, so super, all the weird superpowers you know, that people make fun of these days. I gave a pass as a kid. I'm like, I totally get it. I'm with it. I'm down. This is the movie. This isn't the comics. It was this moment where I could suspend everything else and just say, because you get to that moment where he steps out of the chamber and he grabs the hand of General Zod. Yep, and he's tricked them. <laughs> and, and that's... I, I'm, I'm not going to rail on the Zack Snyder movie, but the, the brilliance of Superman 2 was that they're equally powered. So he has to figure out another way to defeat them. And he beats them by being smarter than they are. Yes, yes. And that's what the Zack Snyder movie was missing. Dude, there's something. I gotta, I'm going to see if I can find the, find the music cue here real quick. Um, because he steps into that, to the molecule chamber. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's... The, Lois is like all like, no, don't yes, do it. Yes, yes. Uh, and uh, and the, this the whole 
he pulls Luther over to the side to tell him what's going on, and Luther says, don't go in there, and he goes, you poisonous snake, you know? He just plays it so well, does yeah. Christopher Reeve, a.k.a. Superman, and then he's like, now take my hand and swear eternal allegiance to Zod. Oh... I just, oh, he start that hand starts cracking. This music cue on the soundtrack is not what's in the movie. That hand starts cracking, and Zod's like, oh, oh. I'm well, just, and, and the, these two movies, back Raiders and Superman two, yes, my two favorite John Williams themes. Really? Oh, Superman, Superman, and, and the Indiana Raiders. Jones. Yes, yes. I, I, again, it's whatever one I'm listening to is right. my favorite one. Right, right. Um. Dragon Slayer. Now, this is one I have only seen one time years and years ago as a kid. Um, but it's one of these that is just like, it's if you were a child of the 80s, you know Dragon Slayer as the dragon movie. Yeah. Was... And, and the, the thing that I remember about Dragon Slayer mm-hmm. is that you know, the end of the movie when, you know, the princess goes in and then he goes in after her and then she's dead mm. and she's being eaten by the baby dragons. Ugh. And I was just like, what? Like, what just happened? <laughs> she got eaten by the baby dragons. Got eaten by the baby dragons. By the dragon baby. Um, well, Erish. And then there's this, then there's this thing of beauty. Were you only only for you <laughs> oh man Cena Easton yes sir for your eyes only can see me through the night um for your eyes only Roger Moore uh we've never you and I've never talked about Bond that much we have a little bit. Just, we've touched on we've it. We've talked about the modern Bond, right? More. Right. Talked about you know the uh, uh, the Daniel Craig yeah, Bond. Yeah. Well, with Spectre coming out and everything, yeah. we talked a little bit about it. Do you have a favorite Bond? Um. Well, I mean, Roger Moore was the Bond that I grew up with. Yeah, I think all of us that grew up in around this time. But I see why. I see why Sean Connery is kind of the quintessential Bond. Sure. Sure. But I also really liked. Um, Pierce Brosnan. I thought he was a great Bond. I, uh, those those first two of his were really good. Golden Eye and the other one. Um, I like the opening of his last one, the uh, the one with Madonna, Die Another Day. Uh, the one with the song by Madonna. She wasn't in the movie. Um, is that the one that was in China? Yeah, it opens up yeah. in North Korea or whatever it is. Yeah. And uh, and and a little depressing, kind of. Yeah, yeah, really intense. But uh, I I love these movies, and for your eyes only, Octopussy, and um, there was one other that always played on ABC. See, I think Octopussy is kind of up there for me because that's the first one that I remember going to see in the theater with my friends. Really? Um, and, you know, it's just because I was like 15 or whatever mm-hmm. at the time that that came out. Mm-hmm. Um so that was, you know, I'd seen like, uh, I'd seen some of the other ones that, you know, during, especially during the summer, my dad would let me stay up on like Saturday night if a Bond movie was on. 
and I, I'd watch it on like ABC with him or whatever. But Octopussy was the first one that I remember going to see in the theater. Oh, dude, I those things would come on ABC. My dad loved some James Bond, loved James Bond, and uh, would would watch the heck out of those things. What's ABC Sunday night movie? <laughs> tonight, Bond is back. You know that kind of thing, right? Um, now, who was who is the bad guy in For Your Eyes Only? Because the other problem I have with Bond movies is they all run together. Yeah, the, 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 there's a few in there with the, with the Roger Moore that they run together. For Your Eyes Only was, is that the one that opens up where he dumps Blofeld into the... That's uh, what I'm thinking, where he drops him down the smokestack. Yeah, that's, I think that's how that one opens. It is. It is. Um, but I can't remember... I honestly don't remember exactly what it's about because I just remember the pre-credit sequence more than anything else. Um, oh, this Julian Glover was the bad guy in it. Chris Stockton. Yes, yes. I'm just, I'm IMDBing right, right now. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, I'm remembering now that you're telling me. Um, <clears throat> it is, uh, oh, this has, it has the hockey scene in it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I remember this stuff now. <laughs> but I don't remember the plot totally. I'm looking through yeah. some things here, some pictures and stuff. Yeah, it's definitely the one where he drops Blofeld. Yeah. yeah that's but they the don't call that, it that's Blofeld. That's the scene I remember most. Mr. Bond! Yeah. The defense computer. Yeah. Scott Rifen's got us on on there. So, Laurie Good is in it, too. Thanks, Scott. Thank you, Scott Rifen. We appreciate you. I thought you were going to bed, Scott. You've got a show to do in the morning. You can catch right. Scott on the iHeartRadio app. Um, Stripes, 35 years ago this month, Stripes. Bill one Murray, Harold Ramis. Quintessential comedies. Mm. And one I've never seen. I need to watch Stripes. I've seen it years ago, but it, at the time, this was like, you know, such a brilliant movie. And yeah. I was just too young for it when it came out. <clears throat> yeah, me too. Uh, Escape from New York it comes out. Uh, well, it comes out. It was. It'll this have its July. thirty-five year anniversary in July. I've never seen either this or Escape from uh, this follow-up Escape from L.A. Oh, L.A. was pure garbage. But Escape from New York has got some great stuff. I, you, you can't find it anywhere really to just to rent. It's it's hmm. not. It's not. I guess I could on iTunes if I have thought if I thought about it, but. Well, um, and it might be Kurt Russell's like quintessential character, Snake mm-hmm. Plissken. Yep. I mean, it's definitely iconic. Like yeah. when I say Escape from New York, I see Kurt Russell with the long hair and the patch over his eye. And now, what is Victory? Is that the war oh, movie? You've never seen Victory? Is that the war movie? Sly Stallone? No, I have not. Then. Victor Wall. Victor Wall. Victor Wall. Sylvester Stallone is an American POW in a Nazi camp. Oh my lanta. That the can and, and Michael Caine is in this. Um, and what then, you get Sylvester Stallone and Michael Caine and Pele and like every other major soccer star in the world at the time. Uh, and the story of the movie is that the the POWs there, you know, American English, you know, they're the allies in there. Right. They are able to play the German national soccer team. In, in a soccer match. So this is like the longest yard with soccer? Yeah. 
but they use the allies use this soccer match as a chance to for them to escape. And there's this awesome scene at halftime of the ma- Max von Sydow is in this. Shut up. Um, the cast is amazing. Um, there's a scene at halftime because they're supposed to escape at halftime. Like the tunnel's been dug, everything's been arranged with the the local French uh, resistance people, and they're in the locker room. And like you know, Stallone is like you know got like one foot in the tunnel ready to go, and like Michael Caine's like. We can beat these guys. It's we can win this. <laughs> but and, we got the tunnel built. And like all the guys rally and they decide to go back out onto the pitch and finish the game against the Germans. And of course they wind up winning. Pele does his famous scissor kick and they do it from like five different angles in slow motion. You see it over and over and over again. And then like the entire crowd bum rushes the field afterwards and they all like take their like coats off and stuff and put them over like the allied players and smuggle them out and that's how they escape i mean we can escape or we can win it's such it's a great great movie we have a lead the size of a tangerine It's basically if you took The Great Escape and added soccer to it. Now, Scott's telling me I've talked about this movie with him before. I don't remember that. I don't remember that. I don't remember this movie. I and, you know, the crowd at the end, they're all, as they're running up the field, the, the entire crowd is, Thick du Thick du Oh, they're, they're not chanting Rocky, Rocky, Rocky? No, they're not chanting. So let me get this straight. Sylvester Stallone single handedly ended the Cold War and World War II? He didn't end World War Two. He okay. just freed a bunch of Allied soccer players. I mean, I didn't, I didn't end it. I, I just, He's uh, the goalie, too. I freed some things. All right, so we're to 30 years ago. My Atlanta. 30 years ago in June. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I just watched this again the other day. It's still It holds fantastic. up. Yeah, it holds up. It's a great film. Uh, I didn't see it until the 90s, but even then, loved it. And then, you know, Deadpool did the brilliant post-credit Yes. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. I and and explains cable to everybody. <laughs> yeah, uh, Ferris Bueller is is one of those quintessential movies, man, that everyone should see. I stand by that. Uh, back to school. Yeah, I another one that I absolutely love. That's the Rodney Dangerfield joint. Yes, I get no respect. Um, yeah, this is this is a classic. The dive off the diving board and everything. Rodney Dangerfield and uh, and um, Pauly plays his chauffeur Lou. Pauly from the Rock. Pauly, you're trying to sleep, you bums. Uh, <laughs> he basically plays Pauly in this. <laughs> Frenzo, uh, yeah, this is classic Dangerfield, man. This Robert is... Downey Jr.'s in this. Yes, too. he is. You're right. Oh my gosh. And look, you're on this whole the Deuce thing. With these sequels in June. But Karate Kid 2? I'm sorry. One of the greatest yeah. sequels of all time. Live or die, man. Live or is die. Is this the one where they go to Japan? Yes, it is. The yes, Peter it is. Cetera song? That's right. I'll you be the man. Up? Do I have it queued up? I'll be a man who will fight I mean, I don't know why you'd think I'd have a Peter Cetera song queued up. Yeah. 
Peter Cetera, not the friendly reputation. Again with the long musical yeah. intro. Tonight it's very clear as we're both lying here. There's so many things I want to say. So this movie. I didn't get to see it in theaters. My friend did. We were sitting on the trampoline talking about it. And back then, the trampoline was the internet at my house. That's where we talked about movies and TV shows and everything else. And he had gone to see it, and he was like, yeah, man, he gets in a fight to the death. With the, I'm like, to the death? He's like, yeah. I'm like, did he do the crane kick? And he's like, yeah, but the guy blocked it. I'm like, but wait a minute. The crane kick, if done right, no can defend. He's like, he knew how to do it, man. He knew it was coming. And my my imagination was captured by the fact that the bad guy stopped Daniel from doing the crane kick on him. Because the thing, that's the thing I love about Karate Kid the Deuce is that the Deuce the first Karate Kid just like ends so abruptly. Yeah, yeah. Like he wins, he gets a trophy, freeze frame on Pat Morita, and the movie's over. Yeah. But the second one, like. It picks up like right. It's like the Rocky movie. It's it picks listen up right where it left off. I so read out to the parking lot, and like there's the dojo guy, like all pissed off out there. Yeah, beating up and on his like, kids. Are you kidding me? It's like literally a continuation. This is awesome. Yeah, I uh, I recently rewatched all the all the Karate Kids, and I was thinking while I was watching, I'm like, this is Rocky for a younger crowd. Well, it was the Karate Kid was directed by the same guy that directed Rocky. Oh, really? Yeah. And Bill Conti did the music. That's a true story. I'm not making that up. Yeah, um, I just watched the first one again recently. It uh, it still holds up for me. It's oh yeah, up. look. If there were no, <laughs> if there were no Star Wars and no Rocky, Karate Kid may be my Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I can't back that up, but I do love these movies, and I love Karate Kid too. I, 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 I think it's great. Um, Labyrinth is thirty years old this month. Wow! I still, I've never seen this. It is. It's. I got to see this one. It's Jim Henson. It's Dave Bowie. Yep. It's Jennifer Connelly. It is. I've not watched it in a while, but the music is good. It's. It's kind of that. It's got the. You know, Jim Henson would do these things every now and then where he got to throw out his dark side a little bit it's got a little bit of that but it's also funny and you know muppety at some points and it's a good it's a good flick man to go to go catch up on and 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 watch it's good stuff so oh my gosh scott rifen cannot stand to be wrong about anything I, he's gotten so much guys here's the here's the here's your next cliffhanger will scott rifen actually be taking over geek out loud in the next season <laughs> that's your next cliffhanger um. So anyhow, Labyrinth. Yeah, you need to check it out. It's worth it. Thirty years ago this month in July was Aliens. Yep. Wow. They mostly come out at night. Mostly. Most- <laughs> Another great sequel, it's a dude. Dry Heat Man. Another great sequel. I love this movie. Now Cameron James Cameron did Aliens, right? Yes. Yep. And it was Ridley Scott that did Alien. Yes. Okay. James Cameron coming in behind people. Well, I guess he did the first Terminator, didn't he? Yes. So and Terminator Two. He knows James Cameron. You know what? Here's the thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna say something here. These Avatar sequels might be worth giving a, a, a look to because James Cameron knows how to do some sequels now. Yes, he does. So I mean, Aliens and Terminator Two are enough proof of that. 
All right, 25 years ago. Now we're in the 90s. All right. Do you have the song queued up? Which one? <laughs> Come on, for the, the, the movie that we're getting, the, the first movie 25 years ago. Well, do I have the song queued up? Dude, I love Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and I'm not ashamed to say it. Oh, so do I. Well, you're a Costner lover. And, I, I mean, look, I, I don't care that he doesn't really pull off a British accent. Um, I, I dig this movie. It was one of those that I just watched on loop when it hit video. I just, I, I, I love that, like, at the time, Christian Slater was, like, the hot up-and-coming thing, so, like, we got to find a role for him. Well, Will you know, Scarlet, man. The, yeah, I know, but it just felt like... I, I don't know. I love this movie. The the shooting the two arrows at once thing was oh. so cool. Well, and and the big innovation was following the arrow, uh, you know, on its yeah. path. Well, and the other big thing about this movie is the amazing casting of Alan Rickman yes. as Sheriff of Nottingham. And cancel Christmas. Ugh. You in my room at ten. You ten thirty. <laughs> He was just so deliciously evil and different as the villain. Why a spoon, cousin? Because it's dull, you twit. It'll hurt worse. Spanish steel. And I don't know who did the score, uh, but but the score of this movie was actually really good. Um, Yeah. But, you know, this this was back in the day when you had to have the big... Brian Adams song or, uh, you know, Rod Stewart or whatever. You had to have the big single to go along with the release of the movie. Michael Kamen did the score for this movie. And, I mean, listen to this. Yeah, I, dude, I, this movie... Now was, I want to watch this movie again. Heck yeah. Heck yeah, we need to. Um, the Rocketeer. The Rocketeer. 20, <laughs> 25 years ago this month, The Rocketeer. Wow. Joe Johnson, man. Yep. Just one of the coolest costumes ever. The, the jacket with the jet pack and the helmet and they're just so cool. James Bond is the bad guy. Yeah. That's just good stuff. Everything was cool. It is a good movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. And uh, Scott was showing me, Scott Rifen again, when we were down at uh, Orlando, Scott Rifen broke into a shop to show me that uh, they had on display the Rocketeer gear. Oh, nice. At, at, a, little, at a little thing, a uh, little kiosk there so another um, jennifer Connolly one yes uh, uh you got gnr queued up for this next one because <laughs> you could be mine um why would i have anything queued up i don't have things queued up scott i mean eric yes i love this song
favorite scene in Terminator 2 is Arnold on the big Harley, like with the shotgun in his hand, and he's twirling it to cock it, yes. like John Wayne did at the end of True Grit. Yes, yes. I freaking love that. Ugh. Listen, Terminator 2 is great. It is a great movie. I just come with me if you want to live. Mm-hmm. Like, just so much awesomeness in this movie. Uh, Linda Hamilton was great, of course. Uh, Arnold was good stuff. Miles Dyson Bennett. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. I do love that movie. I think it's great. 25 Oscar years old. It's hard to believe it's 25 movie. years old next month, man. That's yeah. crazy. Well, here it we still massively holds up today. Uh, okay. Groundbreaking special yeah. effects. Indeed. 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 All right. I want to hit this one first for 20, 20 years ago, 1996. I saw this movie in a theater and loved it. The Phantom. I, I'm jumping out of the order that you got on the notes because I just okay. want to mention really quickly. The Phantom is, search it out. It's a good movie. It's a good adaptation of that character. They go full on purple suit and everything for him. Um, I liked it. Billy Zane, good stuff. I've got it on Blu-ray right now. I like the style and everything they tried to do with it. I loved the way they tried to make it a period picture and stuff. Um, you know, I could see also why it didn't connect with the audience. It's a little hard to cheer for a guy running around in a spandex purple suit. Well, speak but for your there's a lot speak for cool, yourself, Eric. There's a lot of coolness in this movie. Yeah, it's cool stuff. Uh, the Rock, 20 years ago, Michael Bay and Jerry Bruckheimer teaming up. Just another crazy cast. Yes, Nicolas Cage, Sean Connery. Everybody is in this movie. Yeah, Ed, Ed Harris. Ed, I was about to say, Ed Harris is in this movie. Uh, Walmack, you piece of crap. I should have <laughs> known. I love. <laughs> Winners go home and screw the prom queen. <laughs> Good speed. I'm not going to kill you. I love The Rock. It's a good, oh, it's just over-the-top good stuff, man. It is a, listen, there was something about action movies in the 90s. And they were all just, I mean, they went so over the top that it, it's hard for action movies to go any more yep. over the top. Yep, yep. Uh, a movie that I still quote to this day, 20 years ago, Cable Guy. Oh, Billy. <laughs> You have to go there. It's just, I don't know. It's the line that I remember from the movie. Steven. Steven. <laughs> uh, and this was big because Jim Carrey was the first $20 million guy. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. You know what I found out is that um, Chris Farley was who they wanted initially for this movie. To play Jim Carrey's part? Yeah. It would have been a completely, been a completely movie. different movie, but because of his, um, whoever did Tommy Boy, whichever company was in charge of Tommy Boy, they had him on, under contract to do another movie, and so they rushed Black Sheep out yeah. so that he couldn't go do this, and he lost the payday that Jim Carrey got. Um, and this ended up being, people didn't really, as I recall at the time... Because it was dark. It was a dark. It, it was a Ace dark Ventura comedy. And right. The mask and all the crazy, silly stuff right. that Terry had been doing. And even I was it a little was bit kind of scary and psychotic. Yes. Yeah. And even I was a little bit confused by it at first, but the more I watched it, the more I just loved this movie. Yeah. I really do like the Cable Guy. Cable Guy. <laughs> uh, when the truth is, well. <laughs> uh, Eraser Arnold Schwarzenegger. 
Your luggage. Vanessa Williams, isn't that who was in this with him? Yes. Yeah. And, and Jimmy Kahn. Never saw a racer. It's... It's an Arnold yeah, action it's, flick. It's one of those... This is the point where, you know, Arnold just started making the summer action movie. Right, right. And, you know, each summer that went by, they weren't as good as the one before. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few good <clears throat> sequences in this one. Yeah. Well... I, I've I've never seen it, so I'll take your word for it. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what I have seen. I was in a theater watching the weekend. I guess the weekend or the I'm weekend after it came it right out. Right now, baby. Nineteen ninety six, July Independence Day. ID four. Man, what a great movie! What a great action sci fi, just fun flick, man. Randy Quaid before he went nuts. Bill Pullman with one of the greatest on screen president speeches ever. Yep. You know, Will Smith is giving Jeff Goldblum the victory cigar. Yes, Jeff Goldblum learned how to strut from Will Smith for that movie. I ain't heard no fat lady. Why? What's your what's your obsession with the fat lady? I don't. Just fly. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Yeah, I I loved Independence Day, and to this day, still do it. I am. I am truly. I am genuinely excited for. Really holds up well too. Yeah, I, well, what's funny is my friend Dave from Mark Out Loud, he doesn't like it. He's a big science fiction guy, and he just doesn't like it. I'm like, come on. Come on. It's a great it's a great July 4th movie. Matt Crowder in the chat. Ladies and gentlemen, breaking news. Arish, this is good stuff for a season finale. Independence Day Resurgence was fantastic. Just got home from the double feature, says Matt Crowder. Nice. And you can nice. trust Matt Crowder because he's an American hero. All right. Yes. I'm so, oh, that's so fantastic, man. I'm so glad to hear it. I'm so pumped. I've got a wedding at the last... I was, I was asked to marry some people at the last minute, and I've got to do that this weekend. I may just say, forget you guys. I'm going to watch Independence Day. <laughs> well, that's how you should be like... You may now kiss the bride. I'm going to see ID Resurrection. You, you may. <laughs> you may now kiss the bride. Today we celebrate our Independence Day. Yes, you got to give the speech. All right. Uh, also in July, 25 or 20 years ago, rather, train spotting. You and McGregor. Such a perfect day. <laughs> and uh, this is. With you. I mean, this is a complete 180 from Independence Day. This I is, love train spotting. Train sp- I've seen it one time, and I saw I, it, I guess, right after it came out on video back in the 90s. I don't know. There is a period in my life where I'm not saying that I'm doing the stuff that they do in train spotting, but the, the soundtrack, right. everything, just the cast, this whole movie was like a huge part of my like pop culture. For a while there, train so spotting supposedly making a second one. That's what train I hear. Spotting the deuce. Yeah, train spotting the deuce. <laughs> I uh, I actually um, train spotting is one of the reasons that indie films are now kind of a genre more than an actual how they were produced kind of thing. That they all have a vibe and a feel to them because this is one of those very influential type films. Well, and of course, the Danny Boyle who directed Train Spotting has gone on to win Oscars. He's like one of the most acclaimed filmmakers today. So, I just I, I really love this movie, and this this next one. How another, do you feel about the next one, Kingpin, ladies and gentlemen? Oh, one of the funniest movies of all time. And this is how much of a nerd I was even twenty years ago, or geek. I saw Kingpin and I thought, oh, really? They're doing a Spider-Man movie with Kingpin? 
No, not that kingpin. Kingpin as in bowling. As in Woody Harrelson, Bill Murray. Randy Quaid. Randy Quaid. Yeah, dude, this is... Uh, was this... Uh, who did this? Was this Fairly Brothers? This was a Fairly Brothers. Yeah, yeah. this... <laughs> I don't yeah, know how I feel got, about this it's movie. It's got blues, blues Traveler at the end as like yes. a, a, as an Amish band. That's right. And they're playing But Anyway. Yep. Oh. Yeah, you got that queued up? Well, yeah, sure. I, do. I always have But Anyway queued up. What are you talking about? <laughs> Dude, come on. <laughs> you are magical. Dude, my, my music foo is on point tonight. If I may, if I may, just be that bold yeah, as to say, it is definitely on point. So, <laughs> um, but there's just there's so much funny stuff. In yes, this yeah, it is. And now it's vulgar, ladies and gentlemen. Oh yeah, it's it's definitely got the vulgarity to it and the gross out stuff. But um, but that's what the Fairly Brothers. That's that's their that, thing. That's the mark they yeah, left on comedy. It. Was you know they 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 were the first ones to, to really take it vulgar. Without really, I mean, now you watch it and it's... <laughs> yeah, it seems tame compared yeah, to like some Apatow to, stuff. Yeah, Compared to what we're going to see in Billy and Dave in their wedding dates right, or whatever. Right, Um, All right, now we're to, we, 15 years ago, we uh, already mentioned yesterday's anniversary. Of the Fast, Fast and the Furious. And Furious. Here's the thing, dude. There's something about when you hit the year 2001, which is 15 years ago from this year. Everyone, I did the math for you so you can calm down. Um, this this is a whole new era of my life. When we're talking the '90s and the '80s, you're talking growing up, Steve. You're talking college, Steve. When you hit 2001, I'm career Steve at this point. I'm I'm adult Steve. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like that long ago that the Fast and the Furious came out. I'm working at Random House at this point. Really. Yep. So, so you're career heirish at this point. You're yeah. adult heirish. Of course you are. You're older than me, old man. Um, yeah, so The Fast and the Furious. I saw this movie because I was surrounded with people who loved the idea of fast cars and that sort of stuff. And I, it, it just didn't do it for me the way it did it for a lot of people. Um, but with the resurgence, you know, of, of these films, I've, I've been feeling like I need to go back and just rewatch them all. Yeah. And, uh, and, and check them out. Uh, AI was that the uh, that's the Steven Haley, Spielberg one that Haley Joel was going to be the Stanley Kubrick movie. Oh, okay, Haley Joel Osment. Haley Joel Osment. Yeah. Yeah. Never saw it. Never saw it. It's, I remember it. It's all right. Yeah. Uh, another one that took the world by storm in July, fifteen years ago, Legally Blonde. This was really our first big taste of Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, and I'm telling you, the people around me absolutely love this movie and would quote it. I'm I, like, I love this it. movie. I've never seen it. Never seen uh, it. It, it, it. There's a lot of fun stuff in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of put Jennifer Coolidge, started putting her on the map, too. Um, just good cast. There's a lot of funny stuff in this. Uh, Jurassic Park 3, 15 years ago in July. I love Jurassic Park. I, I think Jurassic Park 3 is fantastic. I really like Jurassic it might Park 3. Be, it might be my favorite Jurassic Park movie. I mean, the first one, <laughs> I, I could get into the, the one versus three debate on this one, too. Because yeah, I just oh, really, really felt with the third one, the third one, the first one was, okay, we're going to show you dinosaurs. But yes. by the time we got to the third one, it's like, 
we need to actually do stuff with these dinosaurs now. We are going to, like, amp this up. Like, the whole freaking movie is dinosaurs chasing people. Well, and you've cause you've got the one big dinosaur with the fin on its back. Spinosaurus. You've got the raptors doing their thing with the egg chasing. Well, you have the Spinosaurus beating the T-Rex at the beginning of the movie. Yes. And you're just like, yeah. what? Yeah. You've got the you've got the pterodactyls doing their thing, you know. At one point, you're in the you're in the bird you're in the lizard the aviary, bird cage. Yeah. Yes, and um, it's uh it's I love it. I love that movie. I think it's you got fun. A smart th- kid who can take care of himself. Jimmy and Georgia says it best. The best pace of the films left me wanting more. Yeah, it really was. Um, Joe Johnston directing this one. Daniel and Earth Two. The third knew what it was and didn't overstay like the second movie. Yep. I'll give it I'll give you that. I like that. I like that uh Well the second movie, Spielberg wanted to bring the dinosaurs to modern civilization. Right, right. So that's that was it. he wanted to be the guy that got to do that. Yeah. Well, he did it. Yep. You did it. All right, this is where you're starting to really hurt my feelings a little bit. Ten years. Ten years ago. Cars. Pixar's I cars. Love it. Still one of my favorite Pixar It's a good movies. movie. It's a, good, a lot of people don't like it. They think it's some of the weakest stuff, but I like oh, it. No, I love it. And they're still making money off of Cars. Well, they're making Cars 3. Well, they're making Cars merchandise left and right. Yep. I mean, it's and it's just, still flying off the shelves. For me, it's the cast. I just love all the voice cast in it. And really, it's, um, it's Paul Newman as the Hudson Horton. He just and his connection to racing yeah, and stuff. Right, it right. was it's his la- I believe it's the last movie that he did also. Um, but it, that's just really brings it home for me. And it's got the best post credit sequence of all the Pixar movies too. Yes, with all the different movies with the. This guy's quite the thespian. Hey, wait a minute. They just keep getting... What kind of cheap production is this? They just John keep Ratzenberger. getting the same guy for all of these. Uh, the Devil Wears Prada, 10 years ago this month. Great movie. I've never seen it. Never really seen good. it. Didn't seem like it, it, it. It's good because, I mean, the, the story is... Hold on. But it's great because of... Particularly because of Meryl Streep. First yeah. performance is amazing. Um, and dude... After something you said earlier, we need to, at some point, not on this episode, but if, if Geek Out Loud gets picked up for the next season, we need to have... Uh, let, uh, well, let, let's hope we don't get vinyl. Right. Where they pick us up and then cancel right. us. Right, like, exactly. Yes, yes. Uh, we, I want to have a discussion with you about Superman Returns. Not a debate, not an argument, but no, a discussion. That's fair. Because I, I, I can sum it up. My dislike for this movie is this simple. It would have taken it would have taken Kal El thirty seconds to tell Lois that he found remnants of Krypton and he had to go check it out. Okay, well, and we'll talk about that and more in the next season of Geek Out Loud. And, and instead, he says nothing to her. He leaves. She thinks he's dead. He comes back and he stalks her and her child. And we'll talk about that and more when we come <laughs> back. Hopefully, the next season. I. Love and then Super- when he dies, they put him in a room and close all the blinds. When they know that he gets his power from the sun. All right, shut up. I, I really like Superman Returns. Um, it and, was. Oh, and also, oh my it was gosh. just a blatant. 
you just are remaking the first Christopher Reeves. Superman. Oh, just yeah, just like the Force Awakens did with a New Hope. Yeah, well, just like Star Trek Two. two yeah, did Star Trek. Star Trek Two. <laughs> All right, we'll talk about that more if we get picked up for right, another so season. Now we're down to five years, dude. And this is what really hurts my feelings. I'm just going to boom, boom, boom these out. X Men First Class. Are you telling me that was just five years? That that was yeah. five years ago. Yeah, it feels See, like it was like ten years ago. No, it feels like last year. Uh, Super Eight. Ugh. Do you like Super Eight? Because I love it. I did because Super Eight captured that nostalgia that we yeah. had as kids going yep. to the movies. Yeah. But here's the brilliant thing about Super 8, is that Super 8's a movie that I haven't seen like a gajillion times. Yeah, me too. it's like never on. Right, right. You know, this and Cloverfield and a couple of these other mm-hmm. pictures that J.J. was involved with, he's kind of kept them hidden away. Yeah. So they take on that nostalgic feel that we had for movies like E.T. and stuff like that because... We didn't get to see them a gajillion times either when they mm-hmm. were out, unless you kept going to the movie theater to see it. Did so you? Like Super 8's a, a, a picture that I'd love to see again. Yeah. Well, I've got it on. I've got it on the Blu-ray, and I just don't pull it out that much to sit down and watch it. But I just, I really dug the vibe and everything of it. Green Lantern. There's no sense in talking the Green Lantern to death. It yeah, was I it just... was a huge misstep um, on the part of Warner Brothers and. Um, you know, it's been talked to death, but I can't believe that was five, gosh, five years ago. Well, and, and Cars 2, I feel that way, the same way that you feel about Greenland. I just feel like Cars 2 is a huge misstep. Okay, I've not watched Cars 2, I've not they seen it. They tried to do the James Bond thing. Yeah, I knew, I know what it was about, I've just, I've not watched it. It just felt long and strung out and, like, lacked all the heart and magic with the first one. Now, here's, here's something that does surprise me, that it was five years ago, five yeah. whole years ago, Harry Potter and Deathly Hallows Part 2. With all the memes and stuff I still see in my Twitter feed and on Facebook, I would think that that had just come out last year. Five years ago. Man. And then Captain America, the first Avenger. Yeah. That, that hurts. Well, but, what's crazy, too, is that we got, in five years, we got three Captain America movies and two Avengers movies. Oh my gosh, maybe that's Isn't why... That insane when you think about it like yeah, that? Yeah, maybe, maybe that's... It feels so long ago, but not that long ago all at the same time. I don't know. Yeah. It, it, just, it just seems like five years is not the right amount of time for that to have been out. And yeah. that's the, in three years, that's how we're going to be looking back at Star Wars. You know, like, do you believe in five years we've got, like, three movies and two standalone movies? Like that's nuts, and right. I love it, and I'm so excited for it. Yeah, I, dude, I, I'm. It's all happening. It's all happening, and, and and Geek Out Loud will be here to help us get through it. We're gonna get vinyl. We... <laughs> Geek Out Loud won't, but Pass the Coins gonna get vinyl. You think so? Listen, if anything happens, it's gonna be that. Uh, if anything does, it's gonna be that book club we're doing, because people keep voting for books that I just don't want to read. They, I got a tweet about it today. They want to rec- They want something funny, and I just I can't think of something funny to recommend to them. Oh. Well, thanks. Because they need a good laugh. Thanks, Eric. Well, yeah, we do. Well, the, I'm gonna I'll, I'm gonna talk to my colleagues tomorrow. See if I can find something to recommend for you guys. Cool. I take that back. You know what? We have we have done some good books that were really good. We did uh, eleven twenty two sixty three. Um, the Stephen King book about right. going back and saving Kennedy, which was good. 
Uh, we've done some Star Wars novels here and there. They've been okay. We've done... Um, what else did I like? That's about it. <laughs> Guys should do Sleeping Giants. That's the one that I... I we got I got Rod hooked up. Oh with yeah, Rod Rod said there. it was good stuff. We did uh, I tell you it's what we did. It's a quick read too. We did the book about the guy in World War II. What's that called? Unbroken. Unbroken. Oh yeah. my Atlanta. Dude, all about it. All about it. So, Erish, um the future of Geek Out Loud is not certain. Here's what's going on, guys, is I'm moving next week up to North Georgia. Uh, and until I'm able to get settled in everything, there's not, there's, there's no going to be, there's no going to be no Goldiverse podcast, uh, just because of the inability to have everything set up quite yet. So it may be a week, it may be two weeks, it's but it's going to take them six months to put all the Star Wars toys away. The Star Wars toys are actually going to have to go into storage for a little bit. No. Yeah. Yeah. Did you notice in the picture? That they released on EW today, one of the stormtroopers was holding a Star Wars toy. No, is yeah. that is well, that a true there, story? There is a, a in-universe picture of a stormtrooper holding uh, an action figure. What is the action figure of? Of a stormtrooper. Really? Yep. So much like we saw Ray's X-wing pilot doll in yeah. Force Awakens. Huh. Like and you know we don't know the context of how it works into the story, but you know there was the picture of him holding it, and there was a little caption underneath saying that that doll was going to have some significance or something in it. Yeah. Well, here's so the deal. now you can buy the action figure of the stormtrooper with the action, and, figure. and they'll have a little and they'll have a little action figure with it. Oh man. Well, guys, here's the deal. We don't they'll know if we'll, up the cigars. We don't know if we'll be back or not gonna be a while we're gonna be back oh okay we will be back come on suicide squad in august but the question is will i make it to celebration next year will will we go will we do the 5k will erish be able to hit the hasbro booth for the hasbro booth for me will i find anyone that can at san diego comic-con um what else have we got what were some other cliffhangers what is the Hasbro figure that you want? Have they I forget. Yeah, they've got some. They've got some Black Series stuff coming. They've got a Sabine, uh, but I don't know that she's an exclusive. There's going to be a Rogue One exclusive. Okay. That's hitting. So it'll be that the Stormtrooper with the Stormtrooper action figure. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> Maybe that'll be it. Maybe that'll be it. Uh, so. <laughs> Guys, thanks so much for joining us. If you want to support the shows, please do. Will will we hit good support with Amazon this month with only a week to go? Use those Amazon links at geekoutpodcast.com and geekoutonline.com. Or if you want to support the shows directly, do so at patreon.com slash geekoutloud. You want to talk to us between shows, the email is geekoutonline at gmail.com, geekoutonline at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter at geekoutloud. The entire Goliverse is at Goliverse. Arish is at Darth underscore Duff. At Darth underscore Duff. I'm at Steve Glosson. Guys, make sure if you're at San Diego Comic Con. Booth 2913F. Delray Star Wars in the Star Wars Pavilion. Come by. Give me a shout up. Pass the corn shout out. Get a free book. That, uh, you can't beat that, guys. Can't beat that with a stick. And I know there are more of you listening than ever contact us and let on. So when you're there, because no one has told me that they were in Phoenix and shouted past the corn. 
Do it. Spread so the word. Let us know when you do these things. Let me know. Take video of it. Post it on our Facebook page at facebook.com. The Loud. were chanting past the corn last night at like 2 a.m. I don't know if I want to be associated with that or not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Erish, always good talking to you, brother. Oh, always a blast talking to you. Such a good time. Everyone who joined us in the chat at Mixer.com slash GeekOutLoud, thank you so much for joining us. That wraps it up for us on this very special season finale of Geek Out Loud. I don't know why we went out to take it to the limit, guys. Yeah, we should have gone out to do the best. We should have. You're right. You're right. Or we can always just go out to some... uh, I am the man. The unofficial house band of the uh, Goliverse. Rock Sugar, baby. Erish, once again, thanks so much, sir. Thank you guys for joining us. Will this be the longest goodbye ever? Well, tune in. Cliffhanger. Tune in next time. (laughs) Oh, previously on Geek Out Loud. Wait, no, that's at the beginning of the next show. If we do do a next episode, we should karate kid to it and just start right where this one left off. All right, we did it, Mr. Miyagi. We'll see you next time on Geek Out Loud. Have a good summer, everybody. Sign my annual.